And we're back. I'm James. This is the Grizz Fan Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Mike. And I'm Brent. And I'm James. How you doing, dude? Good. It's good to see you again. I missed you last week. Well, I mean, you could barely see through your COVID hands <laughs> over Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, James, let's get straight to the biggest news of the day. Taylor Swift is at the Jets-Chiefs game. <laughs> is this real? Yes. Or is the fact that in the half of the game I watched, I saw 32 commercials for her upcoming movie, a telltale yep. indication that this you is all publicity? That highlights the point even more. This is just a rollout? Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, I think it's just a rollout. I think it's really cool that Taylor's about to blow up now that she's um, maybe seeing Travis Kelsey. (laughs) (laughs) Like, she's about to get really famous, don't you think, James? Mm -hmm. Good for her. Good for her. Finally got a little bit of fame underneath her, right? Um, Totally not a billionaire. Totally. Totally not. She's probably a little more than... Who knows? Did you go to the game? Yeah. Were you in the parade? Yeah. Right. Who were you? Who, who were you with in the parade? Him. Him. Who's him? Oh, we're doing an iPad. We paused it. Confiscation. It was rainy myself. in the parade. Let me it tell was you. Rainy. They put, uh, you know, guys running for mayor in the very back <laughs> of the parade. <laughs> we had to wait an hour. So we were sitting oh and staging gosh. in the rain for over an hour after oh. it started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, I don't know. the The last parade was rainy too. I know. I said the three parades I've done two, two rainy days, and um, St. Patrick's Day was actually maybe the nicest of the three. It's cold. It was cold, but the sun was shining. Yeah, (laughs) wore shorts in all of them. So, Um, perfect. The the kids who stuck around got a lot of candy because you know I (laughs) spent a lot of money on candy. Awesome. Spent too much. Oh, jeez. Well, we had way more. Nothing but sass. Anything exciting going on in your life that you want to talk about? No. Not no? at all? No. Mm-hmm. Are you getting ready for basketball? Is, you got any basketball prep coming up soon? It's, we're getting close. Right? Mm-hmm. You've been getting in shape? Run drills? Does your dad yeah. make you like go out in the driveway and make 10 free throws before you can come inside and eat dinner? Hey, no. That's a good idea. <laughs> I'll make them consecutively. Yeah, 10 in a row. I don't care if it's raining. 10 below. That's rough. Gotta get them. So, James, do you think that the game yesterday showed that the Grizz are back on the right track? No. It was the demise of the Montana Grizzlies. Because the line was something like 21, right? 17 and a half. 17 and a half. And we won by eight. So we only have one. We only beat the spread once. Utah Tech. Hmm. So... Interestingly enough, NAU took sack to the wire. That's someone cool. early early this season said NAU was going to be pretty gnarly. You? Who? Do you want me to go find the clip? <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah, I, I mean, what? I'm just hoping no one actually fact checks that. Broken <laughs> clock is right yeah. today. Yeah. What did I have NAU going as? <laughs> I don't know. Because um, it, it's not right. So, James, what are your biggest takeaways? Junior Bergen, first first Grizz receiver since 2019 to go over 100 yards. That's crazy. I can't believe it was his first 100-yard game, too. Me, too. Yeah. I will say something that, I mean, he got seven catches last week. How many catches does he have this week? Uh, I can tell you. Enough to get over 100 yards. He had five or six, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. 
he had seven. Seven. All right. So, yeah. We'll take that. Yeah. There's some positives. I mean, we're going to get more into this once we yeah. clear out of here with with dude here. James is pulling up a spreadsheet. Oh, to he's, tell he's us. got his full Yeah, I had NAU going two and nine. Well, could still happen. Well, they're one and four, yeah, so, so yeah, you know. They're right on track for that. Oh, yeah, I forgot they lost to Utah Tech. Uh, crushed. Yeah, yeah. Crushed by Utah Tech. <laughs> no, they only lost by 14. All right. They scored 21 to close the game out. Yeah. 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 So. It's a rough life. James, what was uh, your high point from the game? Mm. Having my friend. Oh, wasn't even the game itself. Sweet. No. Brought a buddy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That works. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. All right. What do you think of our defense? It's okay. Yeah, that's, that's kind fair. of an accurate That's actually assessment. very fair. Yeah. <laughs> And that's it for the Grizz fan pod. All right. (laughs) Take care of business. We go to Sac State next week. No, we don't. No, excuse me. UC Davis. Davis. God, Sac comes here. UC Davis. What do you think about that? I know in our preseason predictions, I predicted them to beat Davis, but. I don't know I believe I said they'd lose to Davis, so we'll see. I said it would be like a really close game that Montana wins. Okay. You still feel that way? No. No, Who do you anymore. think should be QB? Don't, and I'm not even going to look at no. you. You just said McDowell. You said Ayat. <laughs> oh, hey. Yeah, <laughs> I take it. We're playing for the future. <laughs> I don't know if, we, if we lose another game, I say, why not? Let's evaluate what we've got. Yeah. I'd say McDowell. The offense. Relax, not doing so good anymore. You know, I we could spend a whole lot of time breaking down the QBs. Yeah. But. Doesn't it seem like the O line plays harder when McDowell's in? Do you get that feeling? Yeah, or is it he just runs. or is it just that they call different games? I mean, I think it could be a bit of both. But I, I've like a couple guys in my office like played O line for the Grizz, and they said they always love run blocking more than pass blocking because you're like going after someone usually, yeah, rather than backpedaling and pushing one of the keeping someone away one of the things i just don't understand and we'll get more into kind of play calling because it did seem like once once they actually stuck with mcdowell and let him get into a rhythm the playbook opened up and it was actually kind of fun to watch but they seem to call different plays and when when vidlock's in there they seem to have so many slow developing plays and then when mcdowell's in there it's either a run or a quick pass generally and that's it and that's it and it's like i don't know why they don't have a vidlock i mean like i just Everything about the offensive play calling has been weird. It's but, been super weird. Uh, James, you want to wrap you up first? Let's uh, oh, yeah, we have James. questions for him. We had a couple questions for you on Twitter, dude. Uh, okay. Jordan uh, Whitmire is wondering uh, what your prediction is for the 49ers-Cowboys game next 49ers. weekend. And why do you think the Cowboys will win? Go Cowboys. That was the tweet. What do you think? That could be. That's gonna be a good game. If the if the Cowboys win, what what got them there? What's what's the weakness? How the how would the Cowboys beat the Forty ers Quick passing game. Who's Micah Parsons on? Is he on Trent Williams or someone else? He oh. he rotates all over the line, but he got a little hurt today. He was like limping off the field a bunch today. He'll be fine. He'll he'll be fine. So you think Forty ers got in the bag over at halftime? No, 50 not to over 10. Half time. <laughs> but you think the Niners are going to win? Yeah. All right. 
Did I see Christian McCaffrey was a touchdown away from tying like a franchise record today? Yeah, and instead they, they get a QB gave, dive. <laughs> they gave Juice two t- two tries and then had Purdy uh, sneak it in. <laughs> but you know what? Those guys earned it. Yeah, yeah. I think the Cowboys' defense is so nasty, and Purdy is still pretty young, and he's inexperienced on the spectrum of experienced quarterbacks. Didn't Purdy beat them in the playoffs last year? Yeah. Of course. All right. I'm going to give my uncle a hard time. But now the now the D coordinator there has seen him already. All right. All right. There's film on him. So yeah. is Purdy the best Mr. Irrelevant ever? Yes. Can we already can we put that on there? Like he has to be, right? I bet there's a list. There's of... probably a list here. I mean, I know that there was a kicker a few years ago that played for a long time, but I mean just like with the magnitude of what position the the QB position is. You would think it would have to be, right? Yeah, unless there's just like someone that... 1960s was like, yeah, I won three Super Bowls. or yeah. I really don't recognize too many I know he's the names. best QB ever because he was like the only one to ever throw a touchdown. Oh, fascinating. Um, Weaver State had a Mr. Irrelevant a few what, years ago. Yeah. What's the next uh, question there, for James? So Luke Rounds, James, is wondering what your favorite food item is at the Grizz Games this year. And then also wondering if you got to go to the volleyball game against the Cats. No. Uh, so didn't go to the volleyball game? No. Okay. Uh, we thought about it. Yeah. Uh, so then what's your favorite food item from uh, Grizz in the stadium? The Pizza Hut pizza. Oh, yeah. I wish that the noodle place took cards because sometimes I just don't have the right amount of cash to go buy myself some noodles if I don't go outside during halftime. The one that you walk by on the west side there? Yeah. Yeah, that's like. It smells so good when you walk Oh, by man, it. That's, that's, that's where it's at for me. Yeah. I wish there was more variety. Right? Yeah. Like the, or that they were all open. Yeah, the Pizza Hut next in my section was closed this, this week. I don't know if it normally is. Hmm. But, yeah. I know yeah for a few years now, not every concession stand has been open. And I know well, that staff that? is an issue. But. Yeah, sure. what's that, like, restaurant that's gone in and out? Like, the thing right behind... Right by our Pizza Hut, like that burger place or something. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's been open in a while. There used to be a burger. No, they changed it. Yeah. Uh-huh. They changed it to something else. Huh. The Burnt End hot dogs are pretty good, too. I got those right over by me. Pretty oh, tasty. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't see those on the edge of the North End Zone. Yeah. All right. GSA's club seats only. So there's only... Oh, my God. <laughs> Brent is such an elite. You still have better seats. <laughs> yeah. You hear that? We have better seats. James said so. <laughs> um, all right, we have, three, we have three Big Sky Conference games this week, you said? Yeah, we got three, just three. All right. You ready, James? Mm-hmm. Idaho goes to Cal Poly. Boo, Georgia. What? He said boo, Georgia? Boo, Georgia? I'm making some sort of statement I don't here. want them to be number one anymore. Neither Michigan, number two. Okay. They don't play anyone hard. And so you think Idaho's going to... <laughs> what does this have to do with Mike Scott? <laughs> You're just getting your takes in while you still have a microphone? Yeah. Idaho's going to win, right? Against Cal Poly? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Northern Arizona, surging Northern Arizona, goes to Weber State. <sighs> I mean, it used to feel like a slam dunk pick, but yeah, it's gotten a little weird. It's gotten weird out what, there. Isn't it in Ogden? It is in Ogden. Luke's going to like me for this. NAU. All right. NAU, baby. And then the Montana Grizzlies 
go to UC Davis. Oh my God. <laughs> Stick with your heart, man. My heart says talk about how NDSU lost to South Dakota. <laughs> yeah, all right. At home, too. <laughs> James, did you know there's more neurons in your gut than in your brain? So just go with your gut, because that the brain's going to confuse you. Hmm. Should we, like, do, like, a randomizer? Like... Like what I used to do right. as a kid, I'd like have But like, nobody's listening to this pod for you to him and ha. <laughs> Give me five. five. Decision making. I think Grandma likes Four, it though. Three. Two. One. Who are you going with? Montana. Montana. Oh, there, we go. Oh, there we go. There we go. Might be the, the only one tonight. We'll up see. with the Grizz. There we go. <laughs> All right, Bubba. Anything else you want to talk about? No. No? Okay. Okay, buddy. Well, go take a shower. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to be the smelly kid in class. See, I've been trying to tell you that. Life will get hard if you're the smelly kid in class. It's not fair, but that's the way it is. And James, if you don't know who the smelly kid in class is, you're the smelly kid. I don't know who it is. Don't you dare. Don't you you dare. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you like how awful it is. Yeah, the rules are new underwear every day. <laughs> and you're getting to the age where you need to shower more days than you don't. All yeah, right? there's a good rule of thumb. Start strong. All right, love you, buddy. <laughs> See you, dude. <laughs> oh. You like I really appreciate that. Away. <laughs> All of us. And we're just like, no, 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 no. We all saw it coming. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do whatever you're about to do. <laughs> God, he's fun. Uh, <laughs> you can see it coming, too, because his eyes, like, lit up. Like, he, he, he was about ready to drop it. It's like, whoa. <laughs> so, guys, what do you think about the Montana defense? <laughs> that was honestly the best summary, maybe. They're, okay. they're ranked four but in I'm, the conference. Like, what are total though? What are, what are their, their past defense third and fourth down conversion percentages? Okay, first Montana's four in overall uh, team defense. They give up three hundred and thirty-six yards a game, and like three hundred it's passing. They're first in rush defense because nobody runs against us. They only give up ninety-one yards a game. Pass defense, we're tenth. 245 yards No, it's game. not as bad as I thought it was. And the conversions. Did you, you wanted third down conversions? Yeah. The Grizz are, on offense, they're eighth. Defensively? Defensively, they're first. Are you serious? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Opponent third down conversions. We're talking about... I just don't know that I believe that. 24 converted off of 75 attempts. You're on the Big Sky website? Click the button that changes it to conference only now. I know that's just two games. I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about the smelly kid again. Okay. (laughs) Conference only conversions. Third down. 
offensively, we are last. <laughs> and defensively, we're seventh. We're two of oh, 29, 12 yeah. of 29. Okay. That feels about right. Yeah. yeah. I, right. Sometimes your stats can get a little just, skewed by your out of conference. You know, you are much better at breaking down the X's and the O's than I am. So this is my breakdown of the defense. I feel there are, if I was a offensive coordinator and I needed to play, I would run one of three things. A slant over the middle for short yardage, guaranteed to be open. Guaranteed. If somehow that's not open, I would just throw it 15 to 17 yards down the sideline on either side because that seems to be where the gap in whatever mix of zone we are running Mm -hmm. is, and it is open a lot. Third thing I would probably do is just run it against our D line, but nobody feels the need to do that. For now, I mean, I think we're gonna these next yeah. two three weeks we're gonna our rush defense is gonna get tested more. But yeah, yeah. I, and I don't mean to you know dogpile on the D line too much, but like it's really clear our our D line's weak. Like outside of Gubner, who's you know phenomenal. Yeah, um, we're not gonna get any pressure on the quarterback well with without sending two or three or confuse like you know Mm -hmm. uh, by by happenstance we confuse their o-line with some of our weird (laughs) blitzing schemes right but it's not like we have a a, outside of governor we don't have a dog out there who's just going to beat another guy one-on-one and we normally have had one you know we've had you know pat o'connell and so on and so forth as that like edge guy that's hard Holmes, to contain. Trip, Wegman. Yeah. Um, I will say about this defense that it, it does give me moments of that feeling of the whole bend but don't break yeah. kind of Gregorak era a little bit. Sure. Where it's like they would give up chunks and it would be maddening, but then they'd make a play, you know, and two, two big interceptions yesterday. And a missed field goal. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Gaffney so far this year with his interceptions, like mm-hmm. you feel like. I mean, like, we, need, we need him. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, this like this defense uh, since Bobby's come back, like the, the I think the identity of this defense is high pressure on the quarterback that comes from different points of attack that are confusing and hard to scheme for because it's not just they're going to send this guy on the edge, right? That they're they're doing all sorts of wild stuff with their blitz packages. And there was something, wasn't it like last year? Someone had said like they have like they they have a lot of design blitz packages, like a stunning amount of different designs that they they do. Um, and the thing to me that this year that it seems like so far, again, the teams have identified is if you have a quicker pass game, slants in the middle, or just getting that ball fifteen yards up the field, um, you're largely the pressure is not going to get there. And then when it's more slower design plays, the pressure still isn't getting there because we just we seem to miss that Pat O'Connell, Zach Wagaman, Tyrone Holmes kind of guys that we had that were in the QB's face right away. And it's just so far this year, well, that's not happening. So we're a high-pressure defense that's not, by design, that's not delivering pressure. The one thing about the Ben don't break thing, I, I agree, Mike, that's how it felt against ISU yesterday. For sure. But it felt bad because it's ISU. Because <laughs> we were playing a freshman quarterback. Again. Because NAU's quarterback the week before is a freshman. But yeah. Yeah. 
So it felt bad to be in a bend don't break scenario. Like we shouldn't be bending. We should be an absolute brick wall against a freshman quarterback. <laughs> if we have a type of defense he's probably never seen before. Unfazed. Yeah. Zero he, sacks. Zero yeah, sacks. He, he had a career high in passing yards. And again, he's just a freshman. This is like game four for him. Do you still have that stats page up? Yeah. I would love to know and you could this could be the whole season. I would love to know um accuracy of QBs against the Grizz. The Utah Tech uh, game probably throws it off a little bit, but it has really felt like... This kid was 31 for 47. I would have thought even less than that. but Yeah. But I guess he completed 31 passes. That felt like a lot. It did. <laughs> it did feel like a lot. His longest was just 28 uh, yards. Passing. I mean, yeah, so, because they weren't chucking it down the field. No, I mean, Yeah, you're not firing bombs. Just How many times would they hit 15 with like five yards air travel and then they turn it into something yeah exactly uh, mike your your instincts are impeccable <laughs> we're last in the conference um we give up almost 70 percent oh <laughs> are you kidding me holy shit yeah <laughs> quarterbacks 70%? are 55 of 79 against us oh my god in conference in conference okay. and so two true freshman quarterbacks. Two true freshman quarterbacks. Fifty-five of and seventy-nine. We, we've we're tied with Portland State for the most passing touchdowns given up. Dang. And we give up the most yardage. Yeah. What does that look like if you toggle over to all all games? Not just conference. <sighs> it's probably not as bad. No, because Utah Tech, Utah Tech yeah. was... Yeah. Yeah, well, then we're just 10th. <laughs> See? It's an improvement. <laughs> and and actually, the perce- the percentage falls to 60%. All right. Okay. Thank you, Utah Tech. All right. Yeah. All right. They did something good for us. So, gosh. I mean, I, I don't want to get too much into the stats like some nerd, but... <laughs> Sorry, you are looking, the academic. So, I was looking so right in Brent's eyes. Damn. Yeah, like the defense is, has changed. For I mean, we're running oh, yeah. the same scheme, but from last year to this year, you know, our defense feels uh, much less. We can't we can't rely on it as much, right? And that's disappointing. Well, and the the. I think the frustrating blend here is that so far this year, in the bend but don't break errors that we had before, if you couldn't fully rely on the defense, you could rely on the offense to control the ball, run the clock, do whatever, you know, put points on the board. And we have been struggling on that side of the ball as well, too. So I think it kind of adds to the... Right? Well, and to maybe... Is it possible that we severely underestimate ISU in Northern Arizona? Because they're actually the, maybe it's a function of playing us, but they're the top two in like passing yardage in the conference. But Idaho State was throwing the ball all over the field. That was their design. That was their design, right? I think we got to give them a couple more weeks to see what they do. I mean, any of you taking sack to the end on the road tells me that there's at least fight in them. But, I mean, mm-hmm. the thing that stands out to me is, like, these teams, especially Idaho State, 
has overhauled its roster each of the last two years yeah. with coaches, right? Yes. And for them to just put a competent offense out there like that in a way that we have struggled to do so many years into this this kind of coaching area just strikes me as really odd. You know? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Well, and NAU did NAU's gotten an experienced staff, but then they tossed in a freshman kid that's never played a game before, started a game, to my knowledge, and put together a decent offense that got him the win. Yeah. So, I, I, one thing, I, I do know the coaches, I think we're well aware of this Idaho State game, this defense was going to have a problem with ISU's offense. Like, we were kind of straight up told that at quarterback club, where it was kind of like, our safeties are going to have some challenges. Because the design of what they do goes right after and frankly, what's, not, what's I mean, where we're having troubles. They held them under their yeah. season passing, yeah. under 300 yards. They got two picks, which is what they needed to do. I mean, it wasn't terrible. No. And, I mean, you look at that. like, like so. And both, both of their – two of their touchdown drives were extended by PA, PI calls. That were crap. One that was absolute crap. The That's other true. one was – I mean, the, one, was the one right in front of me, it was like the guy was pushing off of our guy. Yeah. And the ref right there didn't call it. And, and you the see guy a flag from, from way yeah. back there. And all that guy could see was the arms extended <clears throat> and nothing else. Like, it was a bad call. Bad call. Bad call. It's too bad the judge on that, the side judge there, didn't like I know, wave some, the flag off. I don't understand that. Yeah. If there's like a – like a hierarchy or something like you can't if that guy back there throws it like you can't overrule him or something or I don't know I don't know enough about that couldn't tell you <laughs> I, di- I did really appreciate it I liked how much fire that the team came out with uh, in the third quarter yeah. you know like we get the pick and we score yep you know we we score three possessions in a row yeah to start the third quarter um, kind of helped calm some <laughs> nervous feelings in the stands. Yeah, you know, like that's what we. I think that's what we needed, um, and that looked like a like a veteran team, you know, coached by veterans, is to, to come out after half not up like you want to be up, right? Um, and and then just confidently put points on the board. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I kind of mentioned earlier, but like on the bend don't break side of the defense. I mean. So the Ronald Jackson interception turns into a touchdown. So that's seven points. We stop Idaho State, and then they get a false start, and they wind up missing a field goal on a shorter field goal, too. Um, So that takes three off the board. So that's a 10-point swing. Mm. And then when it's 28-20 and, you know, three minutes to go in the game, we intercept another pass and effectively end the game. So, I mean, there were definite key moments in this game where – the defense rose to the occasion, and you kind of look at like the differential of their high point contributions. And you know, you win a game by eight, and through a turnover and a missed field goal, it swings it swings the margin by ten points. You know, so potentially it puts mm-hmm. at least seven more on the board for us, and takes three off for them. Or else we're talking we're losing this game twenty four to seventeen or something, and or or uh, to or twenty one. And uh, this is probably a little less fun of a podcast. Does NAU taking sack to the wire? Does that mean like it's basically just MSU at the top and Idaho and Idaho, and then everyone else is in the middle? It's the way it feels like to me. So we do right the 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 podcasting network. All of us 
guys vote uh, every week, like on the power index and whatever. And I was like, I didn't know who to vote one or two. Um, just because I view Montana State and Idaho right now as kind of neck and neck. And then, um, but then after that, I was just like, uh, I don't know how to organize three, four, five when you're looking at Davis, who's lost to Eastern, Eastern, who played Idaho pretty well but lost, um, Weber, who had a hell of a time against Northern Colorado uh, and got smoked by the Cats. It's like you have this kind of like weird middle mix. Well, SAC would be three, right? Sack, but then SAC lost to Idaho and then SAC almost loses to NAU. Good point. So it's like that, that kind of like that next layer. And I don't think right now Montana's in that conversation of that layer. They're the next one down where it's like with the Portland States that's like has a little bit of good and a little bit of bad and you don't know where they really are. Well, seeing seeing SAC and NAU so close, it makes me think that on any given Saturday, right, like UM could beat SAC. For sure. And SAC plays Idaho and loses, but it's actually a pretty close game. It was a hell of a game. It was back and forth the whole way. Right, and SAC fumbles at the end. Um, I'm like, man, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Idaho's closer mm-hmm. to our grouping than they are to this solitary grouping that MSU probably occupies. You, you could be right. Now, Idaho and the Cats play. When do they play? Oh, I feel like MSU is about to go on the right road. after right after Idaho plays us. So yeah, really hard stretch. They do have a week. Men, they right? do have a week off, but yeah, then they no. It's in. It's the both both Montana, Montana State are in Moscow. So boy, if Idaho doesn't sell out those games, oh my I mean, God. yeah. Well, um, I don't know. Like more defensively on the Grizz, I mean, I I I, I just. I don't know if we're just going to suddenly see something like. I think we know what this defense is, right? Yeah, I think so. We had, again, we had a Braxton Hill led the team in tackles. Um, yeah, we had one quarterback hit and no sacks. It's because they get to get rid of the ball so quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is, we're going to have to make an adjustment. To figure that out. Like we yeah. can't just let teams pick us apart like that without getting any hits on the QB. But I don't know. Offense. Oh, good. So, no, we can move on to the offense. <laughs> so, I commented after the game to someone that it's like we scored 28 points, but they felt all 28 points felt difficult to me. Um, I do think that the play calling got better as the game went on. It was like they finally, you know, let a QB play the whole game and then and that QB found rhythm. I think that's the first time all season that that's really happened. But then it felt like they were doing things that were just a little more creative than the, you know, run it right up the middle, although they did plenty of that. Um, they ran that reverse three different times yeah. with three different outcomes. Yeah. But, but, I mean, like it all kind of set up. They're like, oh, they're not covering this and this, and it worked. They got a touchdown on it. So Hell yeah. good for them. Sometimes they ran the same QB sneak draw Two times in a row. That just direct snap where Michelle just, just yeah, and just runs. right up, yeah. and it's just like why do why do they, that exact same play two times in a row? The only thing I can think of is if the defensive front just shows up a gap there, right? Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, did you like Mike how they went under send under center? I did like that they went under and center. And they went now, third and one under center. Yeah. Now they with McDowell being a a, a running QB, they should do a QB sneak. But, you know, <laughs> I do like that they went under center. I think it's a good start. I um, think against better defenses, McDowell's going to struggle, but I think they need to play him because it's clear in my mind that that. Uh, for whatever reason, the O-line seems to play harder for him. Yeah. Um, but I also think that it's hard to develop a f- uh, sophomore QB when your O-line's just struggling. I think play calling has been really weird yes. for both of them. Yes. The second half yesterday was the first time I felt like, oh, they're, they're calling the right plays for the right guy right now. Yeah. And I think the team just needs some consistency. So they should build an offense yeah. around McDowell. But I do think that McDowell passing against better defenses is going to be an issue. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because they were stacking the box and basically saying, throw it. We dare mm-hmm. you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the offensive line, I mean, we knew that they were going to try to come out and prove themselves. I think after last week, they felt like they probably had to establish the run game and try to be dominant there. And that's going to have to be what McDowell does first, right? Like, hand the ball off. He's a running threat, um, and hopefully mimic a little bit of what MSU does, mm-hmm. and say you put eight nine in the box, you start cheating on this run, and you know we're gonna get some one on one matchups up the seam, um, or do some tomfoolery pitch back Sawyer Rockinelli throwing left handed right like I love it. you're gonna get some of that stuff um, that teams have to respect too. But I think that's the best you can do with the squad. That's like the recipe that they have to they have to build off of. Totally agreed. Yeah. But well, the works. question is, can they can they establish the run against better D lines? Because the NAU D line was better than the ISU D line. ISU was the second worst rush defense in FCS before we played them. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Statistically. And McDowell's our leading rusher with like 66 yards. Yeah, we didn't have a 100 yard rusher. Yeah. yeah. And that's like the thing. I just, like, so yeah, McDowell ran for 66, Gilman 51, Osmo 49. As a team, we averaged 3.4 yards per carry, but it's a little oddly skewed. McDowell's 3.3, Gilman was 3.2, Osmo 6.1. Aaron Fonts, 19. <laughs> you know, so it's a little kind of a blend. Um, um, yeah. You know, the other interesting thing, though, and this goes back to kind of play calling a little bit, they put Vidlak in for the one last drive before half because yeah, they yeah. thought, hey, we need to throw the ball. Oh. Uh, he went three of three, drive sputtered out because of some issues. But even then, it seemed like he actually seemed to play a little bit better in the kind yeah. of hurry up rush. That's true. And it just it, it goes back to this thing we've been talking about for years. They just don't seem to get in a flow of calling the plays that the guy playing QB does well. Mm-hmm. It just it, they they haven't seemed to find it, found it. And I feel like they did at points of this last game, and I would like to see that carry on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Build on that side with now. McDowell at QB. Yeah, I, I mean, and that's the thing that just kind of does worry about the, like because that that Vidlac series did kind of show it. If it's like. If you need to score a touchdown fast and you've now built your whole team identity as you're a running team and McDowell's your guy, 
it's just going to be tough to insert Vidlack into a lot of these situations. You know, but what's interesting is like I understand that that McDowell is obviously a, a much better runner than Vidlack. Vidlack, I think, is more mobile than we think. But yeah, he had a good little runner. I don't. Under, they should run. They should run the same offense. They should build the offense around McDowell and then put Vidlack yes. in if they need to and have him run the same thing. And maybe he passes more out of the run pass option plays. Yeah. But it just seems like it's totally different. And it seems like it throws everything off. So, but they they shouldn't be rotating him. I think they should play McDowell unless he falls on his face. Yeah, yeah. And Vidlak is still young, right? Yeah. Like it, the the keys are his. Yeah, I still think Vidlak's next, got the higher ceiling. But yeah, like next year, I mean, if <laughs> it's never really happened that well, a I'm quarterback, not going that far. They, you're going to need to bring a handful of people into that QB room this offseason. They're definitely going to bring people in. They always do. Um, they're, yeah, they're gonna have to. Right, but like you'd think he's the incumbent, uh, and it's not like we've ever made it through <coughs> a season without needing a second quarterback anyway. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. And is is Vidlak our best number two? For I mean, did we have a more competent number two? I mean, how many years ago? Oh. Like, well, I was going to say, I mean, Chris Brown is a very experienced backup, and I mean, I know he catches the ire of many Grizz fans, but I mean, in terms of an experienced play, I mean, we know it's probably a limited ceiling from the kid. But are you talking in, about like In like previous, previous, previous years, have we been like, oh no, we don't have a backup? We, there's always been a dude, but is Vidlak the next, is he like the best of the number twos? At this point, it feels like it, but I just don't know enough about it. I don't know. I, I will tell you, at halftime, because they scripted that first drive and scored, and then they didn't score the rest of the first half. Right? right, yeah. And there were literally people joking about, why not just put Chris Brown in? I mean, so it's like the second half, we saw some changes and some things, and like that gives us all a little bit of room for optimism. Yeah, yeah. But at halftime, there were people so frustrated because it was just so boring and yeah. difficult. I could see some Chris Brown. I don't know. <laughs> so Chris Brown is, rollouts, chuck it down the field, see oh what happens. Man. So this is Montana. So the first drive goes nine minutes, touchdown. It was a great drive. Great drive. Next one, um, three and out. Next one, 10 plays, 44 yards, missed, missed field, field goal. Next one, one first down and then a punt, three and out. Seven plays to the half, but you know, only got to uh, what? Midfield. That was frustrating because they had a penalty on that and a well, sack. Yeah, that sack yeah. that was oof, yeah. Do you guys think though that we could see Vidlak start against UC Davis? Of course. Well, because they seem to <laughs> nothing about the rotation has made sense. So yes. Well, even in the Russian game, like Xavier Harris had a hell of a game last week. <clears throat> he had one carry this week. One. And obviously, like Gilman ran really hard. He played well. Osmo played well. They wrote it. all three of them played the first series. Yeah. Like the rotating of those guys has gotten so. I mean, let's just say precise. Although I might have a different word for it. <laughs> I mean, three running backs rotating on the first series know, of the lot. game. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Um, yeah, I mean, precise. I like that because. <laughs> You're our first down back. Yeah. You're our second down back. <laughs> We're very situational here. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and a certain yardage, too, right? Like, yeah. Oh, it's mm-hmm. second and six, so you're our second and medium back. 
imagine the if then functions oh that they God. have to write for this. If then, then. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Um, so obviously, an observation. Uh, number sixty-one, Dylan McGinnis was not on the sideline in a jersey, as best I could tell. I don't know what he looks like when he's not wearing a jersey. Somebody told us he was on the sideline in no in street clothes. Okay. Okay. But I haven't confirmed that. Yep. And I, so my other thing, I noticed the Utah Tech kid, and I am going to butcher oh, Cannon, his name. Cannon Panfiloff. I think he started at right guard um, just because he's got long blonde hair. Number 69. Yeah. Loves Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he played. I don't know how much he played, but it was a lot. I do see Brandon Casey, our normal right tackle, was listed on the participation chart. But as the game kind of got going and the offense kind of started doing some stuff, I stopped like hyper fixating on like, oh, it was sixty six on the O line or something. So well, I think Liam yeah. Brown started. Liam Brown, yeah, yeah, I and, think you're right. Because <clears throat> Brown, both Brown and Journey Grimsrud played guard. Yep. So Journey had a bad holding call. Yeah. Can't lay on dudes. Oh yeah, that was a bad one. Yeah. Well, we still scored that drive, but boy, we had a couple. That one, like they tried not like, to. Kept laying on him, yeah. and the ref like throws the flag yeah, like, and is standing over him. Gotta get up. Yep. Um, <laughs> that person next to me is like, "Why would they throw the flag?" I'm like, "Look, he's, I mean, he was, you can't do that." Yeah. <laughs> he was holding on. Um, probably the most important question from Saturday, though. Would you have been able to figure out that it was cottage cheese in the uh, Grizz Vision video? No, I thought it was. I thought it was like mayo or something. When they were like, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I actually, of all the Did that make it a little crappy bits yeah. that they do up there, <laughs> which I know people are trying to you know, make people entertain, I actually have enjoyed that one for the last two years. I think it's a pretty good one. And I'll tell you what else I do. There's two things. <laughs> the um, Five Valleys Restoration ads the kid. with the kid doing that. And it's like uh-huh. all really basic. And then it's like... Some- are we even really experiencing the same reality? Like, it's like, uh, <laughs> the players are so like, good. what? I think that's one of Matt's kids, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think I actually think those two God, bits those up there so this good. year are pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, back to the football game. You're good. That's funny. Um, I know a lot of old school guys who uh, really hate the what's in the box game. They're like, this is stupid. I, I think it's the most engaged the to be of people in the stadium looking at that. So screen here's an interesting thing that i did here um and i think you can maybe kind of you can you can bust this theory a little bit because i think uh people talked about the semo playoff game last year and then the crowd was really good and really engaged even though it was small and talking to a someone in the athletic department they said you know one of the things for the crowd was was that they stayed energized and focused on the game because Every time there was a punt, change of possession, this, that, or the other thing, they didn't sit down and look at the TV and watch a dumb little skit. But maybe, but it's also it was a night game and it was just awesome playoffs and a comeback. And I would argue that the Ferris State atmosphere was awesome and they did have all of that. Yeah. I think, but I'd be a fan for having that. I think all skits bring the energy down. They can. Because for the skit to have like. A funny joke thing, right? Like if it's gonna make you giggle or be like, "Oh, that was clever," then there has to be some sort of setup to the punch, and it brings the energy down while you're waiting for the punch. I like those two because I feel like you get to just see a little bit of the personality of the players. 
and that's kind of fun. Yeah, I like that. Um, I, I think athletics should do videos like this, but just push them out during the week on their like uh, social media because it's important, I think, for fan engagement to feel like you know these people. Yeah. If you're trying to raise money, so what's funny is these don't bother me at all. Like, if you, I don't, like if we, I, I don't care. Yeah. Sit there, and that stupid clock is twirling two minutes and twenty seconds with red on the field. You know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about now? The TV timeout. Do clock. you every rem- single time? Like people, it would get so dull. Do you remember going to that Utah Jazz game last year? Yes. Like we we went to Weber, and right. then we go to the Utah Jazz game that evening, and I have. N- never been more impressed with like their organization's ability to have like instant incredible entertainment something for you to look at constantly yep and it's i mean i almost feel like i'm an adhd adult or something being like (laughs) i need constant stimulation but it was perfect brent i couldn't tell you how high the energy like the energy was high the whole time i was always like what? What's that? What's this? It's like a quick timeout. Yeah. They roll out these timpani drums, and then there's like cheerleaders jumping around. There's like this very handsome, like perfectly mixed race man who comes out with a microphone, <laughs> like like he's get on your feet, jazz fans. I can't hear you, and like people are going crazy. Yeah. And then like by the time the buzzer sounds, they've rolled everything off, and it was like amazingly orchestrated brent and then i'm at the grizz game and i have to pause for two minutes (laughs) to watch a skit i like i like the skits i just don't like skits that's fair at a live sporting event i went to the pac-12 title game Mm. and every tv timeout they had like a dj yeah two djs and it it like turned into a concert (laughs) you know i mean so same thing it was like oh we're back the game's going again like there was no conscious like you just didn't even realize uh, like oh it, it's a tv timeout and i have nothing to do so that that bigger stage definitely knows how to keep you more entertained so that those are my only thoughts about the skits mike what was your favorite monty movie <laughs> i honestly don't remember i like the one where he tackled everybody it's like tackling people in the oval um all right offense got more creative it did. Missing people from the O-line. Interesting to see how long that'll be a thing. Um, and I think, I mean, you can recognize it here because it like definitely made the rounds on social. I don't believe Dylan McGinnis was hurt. Um, there was a lot of video, like this isn't ours, so, but like that seemed to suggest maybe he was visibly frustrated in the NAU game. And so this sitting out this game might have maybe been a punishment. I'm taking a complete guess here, but it kind of seems to fit the conversation that's that's gone on around uh, what some people saw at the NAU game versus um, what happened mm. here. So, I don't know if this is a permanent thing or a one-game thing or what. So Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when it comes to this game and like what we were hoping to see after a tough loss, right? Yeah. I think there's a lot of boxes to check and there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic. There is, yeah. The offense got more creative. It did. It did. We ran the ball well. We did. We stuck with the QB. Stuck with the QB. We won the turnover battle. Yeah, which is great. We didn't have an offensive turnover. Don't think so. Like, even though it was a little bend but don't breaky, 
Yeah, no, we didn't. We can. I felt like we were in control the whole game. I didn't ever feel like we were out of control and like I was spiraling emotionally. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, and it's a home game. It's homecoming. So maybe th- these are things that Grizz Nation should expect. Those are, you know, yeah. they come standard with the vehicle. They, you know, often, like <laughs> you don't buy a vehicle without these standard things. But we could be in a very dark place right now if we, if we lose that <laughs> oh game, gosh. right? Like think about. That was, I mean, that was a talk at halftime. People are like, we're going to win this game? And- now, now we go to UC Davis and I'm thinking we might have something. We could put something together if you know McDowell had a great game. Yeah. I presumably he starts again, but who knows? Yeah. He probably should, right? I think we'll be able to run the ball. Should. Yeah. Well, Davis hasn't had uh they're 3 and 2 and they've had close games as well. Lost to Eastern and then had a tough time uh tough, I mean, didn't blow the doors off Cal Poly and um beat Southern Utah by 2. So yeah. It's tough going to the going on the road, but like mm-hmm. you know, I think that we have some stuff to build off from this of course from this game. Idaho State's head coach, Cody Hawkins. <laughs> Davis's coach, Dan Hawkins. <laughs> so You think they talk still? I'm gonna bet <laughs> I'm gonna bet Cody's probably giving dad a lot of film and some tips. So <laughs> on the good side, I would assume we probably know what's coming our way too. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's I I guess it's probably good to just take a step back. Luke, that's just a great point to like look at because there was a lot of positives that came out of the game because I was, I was feeling still pretty negative. I was like on reflection. It was like, I really did like a lot of what I saw in the second half. Um, you know, you, you, you translate what happened with the first drive in the second half and maybe you have another touchdown in the first and second quarter and now it's 35-20 or 42-20 and we're probably feeling – pretty good i think right i mean we're feeling better better than we were a week ago so if they can build off of it and keep going and clean up a few things and i think we just have to probably accept that this defense especially here on out (laughs) i don't think this defense is going to be holding people to 7 10 14 points you know so we're going to have this offense has to keep it going and keep getting better and scoring points or controlling the clock and not letting that other offense stay on the field. And that was like, so for me, like my two kind of just biggest, just kind of bummer frustrations. Um, we didn't have a lot of like running backs, like pull off big, long runs. Like we had, I, I could like, it didn't seem like there was an ability or an availability for running backs to get to that second level and have like a lot of space. And I don't know, maybe that's credit to Idaho State's defensive design. But it's like longest runs, McDowell 16, Gilman 17, Osmo 18. So not bad. Fonts 19. But we didn't have those like 30, 40, 50-yard run plays. Mm-hmm. We just didn't have – like that just didn't show up. Um, and maybe that's Idaho State. Maybe that's – I mean, they stack the box. And maybe when, the box, when you do that and you've got eight, nine guys in the box, you're not going to – that's not going to happen. I don't know. Hmm. Um, there was that. And then the, just the other thing too, and I think I'd even texted you guys this, right? Like when, when the Grizz got the ball with five minutes to go. And I was like, we can shut this out. We can end this game. And I yeah. texted, I think the Mike, I texted you, and I was like, we are absolutely not. We're going to punt. No, but, but it's like they didn't even run plays like they wanted. Yeah, it was, it was like, just dive, 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 punt. Dive, 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 and punt, <laughs> and we're going to waste some time. And frankly, if that's what they were going to do, earlier in that drive, McDowell wasn't even using the whole play clock. 
That's right. Yeah, he was snapping early, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. So that's just the thing. It's like if you've if you've got a defense that is going to be shaky, uh, you have a situation with a one score game or a close game with under. I mean, let's just say under ten minutes to go. You eat as much of that clock. I mean, you, they got the ball five minutes to go, and I've, I I even think last year's team uh, or prior teams under Hauk two point against Idaho State, the second worst rush defense in the nation. Uh, you end that game with the ball. And we didn't. It's a bummer. And it happened against uh, Ferris. I think it kind of happened a little bit against Butler. Game was a little different there. But it's just that inability to close it out with the ball in your hands. Mm-hmm. And that's just, if we're going to be playing bend, don't break, tight games, that's how you win games at the end. And Well, that's or yeah. equate to a loss. Because a, a, a better offense, mm-hmm. like Cal Davis, like Idaho, like Portland State, like Montana State, like Sacramento State, uh, they get that ball back, and we're probably not. Well, maybe we're getting a pick and, and in the game, but or maybe they're knocking on the door and in the end zone, and now we're biting our nails watching two point conversion happen or something, and going to overtime. So just yeah, gotta get better. Gotta get better. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think our punter threw maybe the best pass of the game. I think he did. So I asked. <laughs> I didn't realize he was a baseball player. I asked some people after the game if, because I was annoyed they didn't let him to go for it on that fourth and one. I was just like, come on, read the room. Yeah. So yeah. then I'm glad that they went for it with the fake punt, but I asked, what's a higher percentage, your punter throwing a pass or the Grizz getting one yard running? Just straight up. <laughs> straight up. And most people were like, this year, this is the pass. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, boy. It's a good one. And Garrett Graves caught it, made made some yeah. yard after catch. No, it was Graves. Yeah, he wears thirty six when he's on punt. But he was wearing number five because it was a punt, was so a, yeah. uh, Bergen wasn't right. out there. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. James, have you showered yet? I would thought I smelled something. Yeah. Who's winning the Chiefs game? Chiefs. All right. It was a little closer than I thought, though. Did I see twenty one twelve a little while ago, James? What's the score now? Twenty three twenty. Dang. Wow. Chiefs have the ball, 420 left. It's Taylor Swift distraction is what it is. Probably. It's all the Swifties in the stadium. I'm it's glad like a, James it's like a, have a microphone. It's like a homecoming crowd <laughs> <laughs> full of Swifties. Uh, who knows? Um, missed a long field goal. You know, field goal kicking is what it is right now. Yeah. Um, punting was all right. Kickoff coverage is fine. Yeah. It's funny. What I was, Luke, when you're talking about stats statistically the worst kickoff return group in terms of yardage is Montana. Oh, I, But I remember the Ferris game, Garrett Graves had a ball go through his hand. He got tackled on the two. So we had a one-yard return. And now, this day and age, when you have maybe one kickoff return a game or yeah. every other game, of course, it's going to screw your averages. Instead of having three or four per game, you maybe have one if you're lucky. So <laughs> that is funny. Like, but... It does seem last year we talked so a lot about special teams errors. Um, so far, we've not seen a lot of that. And a lot of fakes. With the exception of the punt block last year. But uh, yeah. yeah, I guess so. Fakes are good. I'll take them. Yeah, There's I been mean, two well-executed punt fakes. Yep, two well-executed punt fakes. Three two-point conversions with you know all sorts of stuff to it, right? Three of them? Yeah. So um, it kind of feels like a little bit of that mystery and uh um 
has kind of returned to special teams type stuff that can keep opposing teams guessing. I like you gotta, that. You got to be crafty sometimes. That you do. <laughs> Uh, two back-to-back games uh, from Keelan White that were really good. Yeah, yeah, that is fun to see him. I finally kind of Maybe we're seeing him mature. Yeah, exactly. Kind of yeah, him and Bergen, I think, are going to be yeah, you know, problems if uh, we can get some rhythm to this offense. And, and Fonts as well. Fonts should have caught that ball oh, over yeah. the middle. That would have been a touchdown. Oh, that would have been yeah. It would have been a big play. It was probably uh, it would have been McDowell's longest pass of the day too. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And it act, it looked like it was there. I mean, it did, didn't it? I mean, I haven't watched a replay, so I don't know if it was maybe slightly ahead of him or not. But it looked to me like, yeah, yeah. you know, touched that, his hands. Yeah, yeah, that happens. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, we got on the game. I think so. so. I can talk about the game day experience. The yeah. Um. So the Grizz fan pod uh, and Brent Wahlberg by way of uh, individual Twitter account. Uh, <laughs> expressed a, you know frustration with getting into the football game um, because it was the worst experience I've ever had, and it's always been bad getting into the game. Um, left my tailgate party, which is right outside the north entrance, went to the one on the right, the newer one that they cut in six or seven years ago, and got there so about 20 minutes before kick. 15, 20 minutes before kickoff. In previous years, 15, 20 minutes got you through. Um, I missed the whole first drive. I watched it on my phone, standing in line. Uh, I got in with eight and a half minutes to go in the first quarter. Um, it took uh, just about 40 minutes to move. Oh, that's awful. To move 25 feet. Um, I hate lines, people are man. People are pushing. People are yelling. People are mad. Um there's gates that are closed that's like you could have more people here. Uh, yeah, so I kind of – I let it be heard, and uh, I'll, I'll give credit. It's, it's on Twitter. Kent Haslam's tweeted about it. Kent Haslam actually reached out to me today as well too. I mean, they're aware of this, and I think they want to try to find some solutions as well too. Um, I hope they do because I think we, we talk so much about the fan experience and, and all this, and I think – I mean, it it really ruins the experience if you miss half a quarter of a game because you have to stand packed in a line while one person wands ten thousand people at a gate. Yeah, and you know? thirty. I mean, thirty minutes is that's it's unacceptable. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, there's there were a handful of people on Twitter kind of saying, "Oh, just get in line earlier." And you know, I saw Kent tweeted about it. And one of the comments was like, "Don't let the tail wag the dog," and it's like, but. The tail is paying more for tickets than anybody else in the country. It's, like, it, I mean, there's there's more to it, and the University of Montana relies on football revenue to fund their athletic department, mm-hmm. and they also fundraise at the GSA tailgates, and they charge all the corporate people out there for the tailgate spots. That's they do, and they want them out there. Like, it, it, you can't have it both ways. You either want to encourage that that experience, or you know what, they could open the tailgates earlier. Because yeah. you're you're limited to two hours, right? So if you're saying get in line forty minutes before, you know, open them an hour earlier. Then if, yeah, if you yeah. can't solve it another way, yeah, let me set up three hours before. Or just get a, get a few more lines. And like the 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 one you took a photo of, I was actually in front of you. I found myself in that. Oh photo. seriously? Oh, <laughs> um, I should look at that again. So I got through and um, got out there right before kickoff, but um, 
One of the gates wasn't even open. Yeah. People were yelling about it when I was there. They're like, open that one. And I'm sure, you know, they had staff working the parade too. So, I'm, you know, yesterday was probably a busy day for UM security. But it just, you know, if you're going to have a 26,000 seat stadium, I think that on a regular game, people being able to get in in 15 minutes doesn't seem unreasonable. Is there something to be said about then how fast people could get out? Probably, right? But they just they, there are more gates on exits because they're not wanting you or anything, so you can just kind of flow out. Okay? Yeah, that's true. But it's a good point. Like the the product is is more expensive than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. It's as bad as it's ever been in a long time. Yeah, and the fan experience needs to be good. <laughs> you know, that's something you could work on uh, if you want to keep people filling the stadium, right? I mean, a lot of, like those tickets were fifty five dollars, right? And then if you buy them on on face value, I think, and then you buy these ones on Grizzticks with this algorithm they put in. I mean, people are paying one hundred fifty two, two hundred fifty dollars, and you miss <laughs> you miss one eighth of a game standing in line. Like, yeah, and the tailgates are part of the fan experience. Yeah, like absolutely. that's a see, that's my thing. Like if 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 it was all like unsanctioned tailgating in the parking lot, that'd be oh, kind of yeah. different. But it's not. Like they are selling those tailgate spots. Yeah. They are running that GSA tailgate up until kickoff, like ten minutes before kickoff. Well, and that's a big money maker too. Yeah, so it's they're a not going to get rid of maker. it. Yeah. So, but, but I mean, I do appreciate Kent reaching out. I, I do as well too. So I, you know, um, like through Grizz Fan Pod and through Athletics and all this stuff, we all know Athletics. The all the, a lot of the crew in Athletics. Yeah. And so Kent's a good dude. And I, you know, nothing ever. I just I don't think we ever throw anything out there just to lob a bomb and not want a solution, but just a bitch and moan. So I appreciate that they reached out and I really hope that they can do some stuff. And I think I was saying this, I was chatting actually, cause it was, it surprised me that he reached out to me today. Uh, as I was just sitting there watching red zone. And, um, but then I was saying to my wife about it, I, you know, I was like, kettle house has it figured out. The grand kettle house doesn't have 26,000 people going in or like, uh, but like concert venues do like getting, I mean, but you, I mean, you, you figured out commiserate with the number of people you're putting in there. Right. And, and so, actually, there was somebody in the line behind me, so in between me and you, I guess, yeah. who was like, he he saw me and he shouted. It's like, hey, I listened to the pod and you guys have talked about this before. And I want you to know <laughs> that I am so with you. <laughs> but it gave us an opportunity to, to identify the Chris Van Pod to a whole new audience. <laughs> like, Where do I find this? And like, how many total episodes, or not episodes, how many total entrances are there? My my belief is there's two on the north, there's one on the east, there's a student plus a general on the south, so... Six. Five and a student, right? Five and a student. Unless there are two along the... um, Now, like like the west, right? Like, it's like two tunnels that come up and you have two sets of steps. So... Could you argue that's two access points? I mean, well, yeah, maybe. because I mean, it's you got more security lines than. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So maybe that's how you identify is how many total security lines. And part of the problem on the on the ones in the north end zone could be that they just they're not kind of split up enough that they're just this big blob. It's so it's like you crush. could get more people efficiently going through the potentially the you know express zone one if it was more delineated. Yeah. separated just a smidge yeah. and I that might actually make things more efficient because in that big group 
there's a ton of people that don't have bags that are just trying to push forward right. and they'll go through either line just to do it. So I just I think there are things that they can do, but I also know they have a lot of other stuff going on. I get it. I mean, I'm not trying to pile on at all. No, it's fair. And I think, I mean, you know, I understand the staffing argument, um, but again, like, Kettle House hosts a handful of concerts and they have tons of staff at their food and beverage services. And my whole thing, I said this to my wife, I was like, um, for six plus games per year, if you got to pay those, it is ridiculous as it sounds for just like a, a one day job, you got to pay them $500 to do it, do it, you know, like you're still going to make money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You're going to be fine. And so it's like, oh, well, we can't find people. And it's like, well, if you throw that out there, throw that net out there, be like, hey, six Saturdays a week for six hours, we'll pay you 500 bucks to like scan tickets. I think, you, I mean, you know, or something. Like, That's probably going to add up fast. It's going to be covered. I don't know. But like the thing is like, I think, I think, I don't know. It's such, it, yeah, it's not like a career for people. But like, I think you can bump that up and probably find some people, I would guess. Luke, you don't. <laughs> no, I'm gonna bite a lip. Okay, here. Gotcha. okay. <laughs> I'm gonna bite a lip. Here. Okay. We'll talk. I'll say this offline. A little offline. Got, yeah. it, got it. Got it. I don't know. I just. I. I hope they can figure some things out. I. Yeah, we we keep comparing to like major sporting events in other places. Like, how long did it take you to get in the jazz game? Not not long at all. Ten minutes. Yeah, I went to a I went to like a sold out MLB game this year. Yeah. I mean, five minutes to get yeah. in. I've been like, a, not even that. I've been in multiple Packer games, in and out. Pac-12 title game, in and out. I mean, no problem. Granted, it's a bigger scale. There's more people. It's bigger cities. It's, I get that, but I think you can find some solutions. Yeah, and I, I hope they do. And I, I appreciate that they are aware of it and they're talking about it. And hopefully, uh, some better things ahead. The thing I thought was kind of funny, right? Like the whole digital ticket, which is the right way to go. I'm not saying it's the wrong way, but I remember part of the initial upsell on the digital ticket was you'll get through line faster. It's going to be so much easier. And honestly, you got through line way faster with a terror ticket. <laughs> Didn't you? Yeah. So and the thing, the other thing I, I thought about as well too, the digital ticket access for the Grizzly basketball games works awesome. Cause you don't have the same, you've got you the, same the ratio of, of basically scanners and lines to, People is yeah. is better, Way but you're better. also not you don't have the security. Yeah. Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah. But that comes with having twenty six thousand people versus six or seven. Yeah. Twenty six thousand tickets sold. Right. Hey, we set a <laughs> state. We set an attendance record. This guy. No, third. Third. Oh, yeah. Third all time. Third all time. James thinks second. James, man, you gotta go shower, man. Hit the showers. Yeah, buddy. It's nine twenty. You got school in the morning. <laughs> Well, he just thinks on pod nights he can just stay out here. James, how did Sentinel do on Friday? I don't know. You don't know? I, I don't actually know either. Okay. Rough world. We're wearing a Sentinel shirt, so I just figured. Hellgate lost. Hellgate got smoked by Big Sky. I, I didn't know. I just was like, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, come on. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, that's... Uh, there you go. That's that's uh, anything else on the game, guys? Or are we good? No, I th- I mean, I I think that if anyone's takeaway of what our conversation should be, it's like, hey, we won. 
That's great. Still lots of things to work on. Still not maybe overly confident about the season long term. Let's see how next week goes. Is that a fair assessment of what we just talked about? Yeah. I don't yes. want anybody to get out there and be like, you guys are such sugar coders. Because it's like, you can't listen to last week's pod and this week's pod and, and make that right. You know, decision making. Well, now let's talk about how much sugar you want to put on this week, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you got in your picks? Oh, God. <laughs> Moving right along. Um, did anything exciting happen in the Big Sky this week? Before we get there. I mean, Ooh, good question. I mean, so... There was a lot of real fascinating games that kind of wound up going the way you thought they were going to go. But um, Northern Colorado was beating Weaver 21-7. to uh, And then in the final six and a half minutes of the game, Weaver scores 21 points to win 28-21. Um, I think UNC passed for almost 300 yards on them. Yeah, um, I mean, Weaver got a pick six to... To put the game away, I yeah, mean, like they, right. they had yeah. him on the ropes. Like, if Grizz fans are looking for a partner in concerned misery right now, could be Weber. Weber State is it. <laughs> I think that was one of our fan questions yeah. we had too, right? Weber Weekly wanted to know who yeah. was running to the bottom quicker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Idaho and Eastern Washington had a close game. I kind of that was an upset one. I thought maybe Eastern could pull it off, but Idaho, I think, was largely in the lead, but it was a tighter game. There was a um, unsportsmanlike penalty or some penalty. When Eastern was still in the game, and then that just kind of turned it. Did it, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cats beat Portland State by 16. I didn't really follow any of that game. Which is so. fine. I mean, anybody trying to read anything more into that, like, they beat no, State. they beat them by 16, and, the, you know, teams have those games. Like, I'm yeah. still pretty confident the Cats are the number two team in the country. Yeah. Yeah. Davis beat Polly 31 13, and NAU uh, beat, lost to Sacramento. By one whole point. That was a good game. James and I watched the entire fourth quarter of it. It's a heck of a game. Yeah. A lot of back and forth. James might have watched more of it. I watched the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, that was... And then, right like James mentioned, North Dakota State loses at home to South Dakota. Yeah. That was a shocker. And that, I, I did stumble across some comments from their fans yesterday about how Ertz or Ertz or whatever the heck their coach's name is is... Ruining the program, so it's good to know that you know, <laughs> you know, interesting fans exist everywhere. It's not just Grizz fans; they can act like turds in a closet. But I mean, I guess if your standard is national champions, which you know theirs was for a decade, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe it would suck to be the, that coach, though. But I mean, he's one too, right? I yeah, uh, fickle, fickle fans yeah. <laughs> should just take whatever job he can get this year, and then it's not him. Yeah, if only there was a job available for him this offseason where he could move somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was generally around the FCS. So, All right, so three games this week. Yep. What were they again? Idaho goes to Cal Poly. Idaho. NAU goes to Weber. So, for the record, Luke was nodding at Idaho. So, I think we're all three Idaho. Yeah, I think we're all three Idaho. Yeah. 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 Cal Poly, you think, goes to Weber? No, uh, Northern Arizona. Northern Arizona. Hmm. I still think Weber's got a defense that's probably going to shut down NAU. Yeah. But, boy, I mean, Northern Colorado put up 21. Yeah, I think it seems like more of Weber's problem. Sounds familiar. Is their offense? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to pick any of you, I think. 
I'm going to stick with Weber, being that it's in Weber. It's in Weber. But NAU, I mean, if that NAU team that played SAC and us shows up there, that that's a coin toss game. Yeah. And Weber fans, don't worry. Um, just listen a little longer because I'm, you know, I'm going to join you in your misery. <laughs> Yeah, I think Weber. I think Weber wins that game. But I, I've been really impressed with NAU's run defense. Yeah, they have some D linemen that wreck a lot of havoc. That they do. That they do. And then we got Montana Grizzlies are off to UC Davis for a 5 p.m. game, which I think is their homecoming. Let me just check. Yep, homecoming. I have a cousin that's an alum of Davis. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. I don't think she's going to homecoming, but maybe. <laughs> Sometimes they drive down when they're playing the Montana Grizzlies because yeah. they're Montana. Oh, okay. <laughs> Living in California. Brent, can you tell me a little bit more about this Davis team? Yeah, I mean, I've looked at them a little bit here. Um, so they're 3-2. and two. They got rolled by Oregon State, which happens to I mean, kind of everybody fair, right now. Yeah. Um, and then they beat Southern Utah by two. And then they lost to Eastern Washington by three. And then they um, went to Cal Poly and beat Cal Poly 31-13. Um, considering where they started with their ranking, that Eastern loss, much like the NAU loss for us, like kind of knocked them down in the polls. And it kind of seems like people are maybe kind of wondering if this – Davis team is kind of maybe not as strong as maybe thought. Um, their opening win was Texas A&M Commerce, you know, so that's, you know, they beat them 48-10. Uh, when, you, when I look at their, their team and, like, uh, a little bit about them, super balanced squad. They run, for, they run for 175 a game. They pass for 210 a game. They have the statistical number one rusher in the conference. And so um, – as we kind of hinted when we were talking earlier about and, defensive stats, yeah. like the Grizz have the best run defense because everyone we've played so far passes a bunch. Um, we're going we're gonna to get tested. We're going to get tested. Um, this Larison guy, uh, what's he, number three, he's already got um, 500 rushing yards on the season uh, and four touchdowns. So, yeah, this is the week that people actually run at us. I, I, I would assume so. I just can't imagine they're just going to be like, well, they're a good run defense, so we're just going to have to pass all the time. Uh, which they're perfectly capable of doing, but uh, yeah, hmm. and that's been a lot of since Dan Hawkins has been there. Their offense has been a very kind of balanced offense with a single kind of feature back heavy rusher, and then uh, kind of a safer play. You know, good not great QB, um, and a and a design system that you know they'll they'll pass it a bit, but the running back's going to be the centerpiece of the offense. <sighs> Uh, I was looking at some of their other, yeah, like some of their conference stats and whatnot. I mean, like defensively, they're in the middle of the pack, just like us. Um, rush defense, they have one of the better rush defenses in the in the big sky. So this is going to be, again, a big test. So if Clifton McDowell and our zone read run heavy offense is our identity now. Or they're going to run out Vidlak because the matchups are bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would you be surprised? Uh, no. Would either of you be surprised? Not one bit. I mean, their 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 pass defense is seventh in the conference, so it's like it's 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 you know just there. 
Um, it's there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they've got uh, they've got a, they've got a couple all conference guys on their O line. They've got a couple all conference guys on their D line, and a pretty good safety as well too. Um, they they don't have a lot of. Uh, I was surprised when they had a, a. I think they got one kid that's first team, and they had another guy that finished second team all conference last year on their D line. So I thought I'd pull them up and see that they had like a lot of sacks tackle for loss stuff and they really don't uh so i don't know kind of what the what the deal is with that but uh yeah solid team kind of like it's i mean hawkins is he one of the longest tenured coaches in the big sky right now in a program he's gotta be close at this him point. and him and bobby right and best oh and bruce oh yeah <laughs> um you know so uh I think they're kind of a known quantity. But with the exception of one year, I feel like they have never lived up to expectations. No, not at least. Last year, once they really were eliminated from the playoffs, like there was some argument at the very end that maybe they deserved it. But it's like they played crappy until they had nothing to lose, basically, and then won out. Yeah. And kind of almost backdoored in the playoffs. But yeah, they're six and five. People yeah. are saying they should have gone in over us. Which, I mean, it's not true. No. Anyway. <laughs> Seventy ones versus sixty one ones. Yeah. I mean, yeah. do do you think that's going to be like a added motivation for their squad? Is like Could this be. dumb U M team? From they us. stole it from us. Let's like <laughs> maybe I don't know. That could be a, a motivating cry uh, for them, but it's, I don't know. Look, I don't know. That's. Because they did, they did have a little bit of roster turnover, uh, graduation and whatnot. Um, yeah, hard to say, hard to say. Hmm. So we are gonna face. We're gonna face a test. We're gonna face a defense that's good against the run. We're gonna face our first offense that has a. a we're gonna, this is the best rushing offense we will have seen to date. Um. So we're going to have some challenges uh, in this game that we have not yet faced that is going to make this game difficult. On the road, homecoming, uh, 5 p.m. I mean, it'll probably be a beautiful night, and the stadium should be pretty full. They tend to it's, – it's, it's a neat little stadium. I think it holds like 15, and they pack it pretty well for these type of games. So you think undisputedly this is the best team we've faced so far this year? I would think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think so. So far, I think it says more about our schedule than anything else. <laughs> but that's what people were saying all like all off season. Like they said, the Grizz would be five and zero before they played anybody who would begin to tell them what they look like. Mm-hmm. Four and one, maybe NAU's better than they were, but that's, we're still we still lost a game that people thought we should win. True. So I guess we'll start to find out. But hey, maybe they could steal one. I think I said preseason that they're not going to win this game, and I don't think they're going to win this game. I just think we've got too many holes. But I will be very excited if they do because it would tell me that they've taken a step. Because beating a team on the road, even if they're average, would seem like a victory for this group right now. (laughs) Well, and we really haven't beat a team that we shouldn't have beat on the road, right? And even if our even if our average is lower, or like you know, like if we're a worse team this year than we were last year, um, 
Like, even if that's true, we still haven't beat a team that's better than us in a long no. time. No. Um, well, no, they kind of fell apart after that. But, I mean, we talked about this when we were out here with Riley. I mean, maybe that one when we went to Davis and they were ranked above us. Yeah. And we beat them. That was kind of Dalton's. Was that kind of with Sneed? One of his first, like, I think bigger so. games. Yeah, but, I mean, that's like the last time that we did that. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Washington. It's been we beat so long. The Huskies. We weren't supposed to beat the Huskies. Oh, yeah. There is that game. Duh. Yeah. Duh. yeah. Whoops. That's that one, true. you know. Um, I'm glad you caught that because we were going to have people all over Twitter. <laughs> yeah. You, you idiots. I can't believe you guys have a podcast. forgot that. The damn Washington game. I... As pessimistic as I want to be. I think we're going to win this football game. You don't have it in you to be a pessimist. I, you, you guys know that I do. Um, <laughs> I actually had a buddy call me in the middle of the week, and he was like, your game day texts are very different than your Egress posts. <laughs> you go into a dark place during the game. I was thinking the same thing, and then you start to come out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get your sugar, sugar levels back up to normal. I don't know what it is. Oh, man. Um I think there's kind of a few things. I, 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 Davis has not blown the doors off people. I mean, um, granted, Eastern is looking better than people thought they were going to be. So that lost to Eastern, but it was at home as well, too. Uh, so it takes a little bit of wind out of the sails there. And you beat a Southern Utah team that's won one game by two. Um, it, it definitely tells me that this Davis team currently doesn't seem to be as strong as maybe initially thought at the beginning of the season. I think that's fair. Um, the other thing is, and who knows, but I think there are coaches that a Bobby Houck-led team matches up against well, and it is other old-school, long-time coaches. And Dan Hawkins is one of those guys. And so... It's like if Bobby had to always play against guys like Hawkins and Bruce Barnum and, and those type of guys, I think for the most part, you know, he knows what he's getting and they know there's probably not going to be some wild, wacky, weird bullshit that comes up in the game because they're just, you know, we run the system and we play the system and things are, you know, whatever. And so I think that he's gonna, they're going to be able to build a game plan that they like, that they'll be able to execute and go win the game. Um I don't know how we're going to stop this running back. I just, I haven't, <laughs> we'll just have to see. So I think Montana wins this game. I think it's close. I think it's super tense. I think maybe it comes down to, yeah, like a, tur- a turnover at the end. That's been the other thing about Davis. They have, I think, the second or third most amount of turnovers in the conference. So they're a little little more turnover prone than I think they maybe wanted to ho- or thought they were going to be. And so maybe it's just like the Idaho State Redux. Like, you know, it's a... Uh, three, four, five-point game and Grizz force a pick at the end or a fumble or a missed field goal or something like that, and uh, we walk away the win. So I think Grizz are still going to get this. I think it's going to be real close. And I, Yeah, yeah, that's, that's my thought. Sticking with it. All right. Have you picked? Yeah. I said no, the, you said lost. Uh, yeah, I said the Davis is going to win. That's right. I don't think the Grizz are going to win this game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just, I don't think they have the dogs. So, I agree with you, and I have a story when you're done. 
Yeah, I, I don't. It doesn't need to be any more complex than that. There, it's always harder for teams on the road. It's, um, it's at night. It's. I mean, it's going to be like the equivalent of a, like a nine p.m. kickoff or. No, it's a five. So it's going to be like a, a six seven, p.m. A six p. No, but oh, a six p.m. kickoff. Okay. Yeah. Um. I just, I just kind of don't think we have the talent this year, especially on defense that we are used to. And unless there's like this big click aha moment mm-hmm. um, in our quarterback situation where the game slows down and our offensive scheme, um, <laughs> for all these years we've been waiting yeah. for a quarterback to just have this click and, and work perfectly. If this doesn't happen in a week's time, I don't think we're going to score the number of points it takes. That's what I worry about. Yeah. To keep up with this UC Davis team. Yeah. And, and at, the, at that, I'll hand the baton yeah. to Mike. Well, unless they can build off of the offense you know, and score more points, I just worry about that constantly because it was painful. Um, we were in the parade, right? What's that? We're in the parade, right? Yeah. And it's, you know, it was raining and we're an hour and a half. So it's like not a ton of the crowd stuck around. But uh, turned down university and walking down there and I <clears throat> actually start seeing a bunch of people I know and, you know, gave a big hug to someone I know, and they kind of whispered in my ear. They go, hey, about the Grizz, I think it's time for you to pick Northern Colorado to win again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. People remember these things. (laughs) They do. That's what they said. I love that. That that was, what, two years ago? Uh, (laughs) At least, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> people right. are paying attention yeah, that's that's a good point all right questions let's do it uh we'll start with twitter the one you're prepared for mike weaver state weekly is wondering if weaver and montana fa- or if weaver and montana are in a race to see who hits the bottom of the conference first well i don't think either weaver or montana is going to hit the bottom of the conference but i think weaver and montana are maybe Threatening with bottoming out compared to their expectations. Yeah, yeah. Is that a fair way of saying that? I think so. I just, neither one of them have offenses that have proved to be consistent. Mm-hmm. Now, both have the potential to turn that around. Yep. But are you taking pictures of me over there? I'm not, Michael. Okay. I pulled up a, a text message I got. Um, someone wanted to ask a question. So okay. I was just getting ready for that. Good. Drop it. Uh, this is from. Joe Joe Schmo. BJ Hardick. Um, ISU, he says, ISU played a QB who barely played high school football. Seriously. <laughs> He's a freshman. Okay. Now, and he barely played high school football. Why don't uh, the Grizz give a young, homegrown kid, Hewitt, a chance to play? He was a highly regarded prospect prospect coming out of high school he has size athleticism and a big arm let him cook as the kids would say yeah. let <laughs> anyway so that's broadly the point here is how come we haven't seen hewitt get a chance well i'm going to tackle this a couple ways because this staff just cannot let freshmen play true they just can't but other than that you know, I've I have heard that maybe a yacht's pa- passed him on the depth chart, but the thing that I struggle with on that front is that 
everything we heard last year with the Brit situation was that once you're to third and further down, you don't really get reps get anyway. Reps. Yeah. So how do they even know to evaluate these guys? Like, how would we even know if we've got something? And, you know, if we lose another game, I am full on in let's play guys to evaluate them for the rest of their careers. That's fair. Because, I mean, if the season's going to be wasted one, let's at least make some use of it. And that would mean to me making sure that Yacht gets his four games of playing time and that we play, how do you say his name? H-U-O-T. Hewitt? Hewitt, Hewitt. I think, yeah. 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 I agree with you, Mike. I mean, this has always baffled me. Like, how can everyone in the conference... Find QBs. Throw like an 18, 19-year-old kid on the field that throws for 300 yards. And for us, it's like this painstaking four-year process of putting in the work or finding a transfer, most likely of late. And then it's just... It's an okay but not great product. Because you're... I mean... How is it that hard? If every year you're going to bring in two transfers that have maybe played somewhere else but are definitely older than you, right? Like, they're they're probably going to look good right off the bat because they've had more reps than you. Like, if you haven't haven't thrown a live ball since, you know, fall of your senior year of high school... How do you ever look good? I don't know. Well, and I think, too, my part of my guess as well is it's probably, I think, Montana's um, refusal to play, especially young guys at certain skill positions, um, probably hurts us in recruiting. Like, if you're uh, one of the best in-state quarterbacks, and... Maybe a bad example. Probably not the cats are talking to you if you're like a passing QB, but Idaho's talking to you. Uh, Idaho State or anyone else. They're going to be like, you're not going to touch that field for four years if you're a Grizz. Totally. They're they're like, and they're going to bring the transfer. (laughs) You're you're totally right. Like, if if you're smart, right? You're you're sitting there and you're you're one of the, you're an opposition. Yeah. And you're talking to the kid. You let it slip. You don't make the program comparison to the Grizz directly to their face, right? But you go, you know, we're going to bring you in, and you're going to have a competitive shot at competing for for QB one like immediately, like or within a year. Yeah, like this will this is on our mind. We want you. We love your skill set. Come to us. It's what makes our program unique. Is freshmen, sophomores can start for us. If you look around the conference, someone like the Grizz. Go back. See when the when the last time they had a freshman or sophomore start a quarterback, <laughs> and look to see when they they brought in a transfer senior, yeah. and it's like oh shit, that's every year. That's every year, yeah. and never have they let a freshman start. Right. Yeah. Like they're like, come with us. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, shit, dude, I'm sold. Yeah, that's hmm. right. the goal is to play, right? I don't know a lot of kids that go to play college football. Well, there's probably some, but. That are like, I just want to be a backup my whole career. <laughs> like, I don't really want to play, but I just want to do like all the workouts and the bullshit. Actually, don't put me in a game, please. I should know a guy. <laughs> we he was a he was on the team for a couple of years when I was in, in college and he wasn't playing and I talked to him, you know, at a party once and I was like, So you think you're gonna see any playing time, you know, this next year? And he was, ah, probably not. 
And I was like, man, you're gonna, what are you going to be, like a redshirt sophomore? Is like, you're going to give it up? And he's like, mm, chicks love Grizz football players. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was literally on the team for the chicks. It's amazing. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, he's putting a lot of effort in there, you know, running, working out, lifting. Oh, but, you know. Man, that's just too much effort. Yeah, I mean... Look at all of us. We found chicks. Yeah. <laughs> and we we didn't need to play no Grizz football. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Uh, okay, well, it, it is October. Uh, the weather is turning, and so the pod questions are turning into food questions. So, um, uh, Thoracht, uh Ford 61 Tom is asking, uh, states that they're just in Ohio visiting family. I'm wondering if the pod has any family tradition food recipes. Uh, says, for example, their family makes Hungarian sausage. It's absolutely to die for. Um, made some there and brought it home with them. Okay. So there's like a... Yeah. Um, my mom is from Butte. We're Irish. She makes the best pasties I have ever had. Oh, yeah? Delicious. Mm. Nice. If anybody doesn't know what a pasty is, I don't want to know you. No, that's not true. Oh, I'll <laughs> yeah, well. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, they're, they're delicious. Like a nice crust, chunks of beef, potatoes. Some people uh, mess it up with things like carrots, but that's sacrilegious. You don't do that. What about some like chopped onions? onions yeah. Or, okay. Onions are onions in there. You baste the crust with some butter. You have some beef, potatoes, peas? No. No, that's more shepherd's pie. No. I mean, well, maybe some people do, but no. Are... Beef. Potatoes, onions. And then like a gravy on the inside? Oh, gravy, absolutely. Jeez. So growing up, like my parents would make pasties and we would only have ketchup on it. Then we had my aunt and uncle over once and my mom put gravy out. And I was like, what is this whole new world? (laughs) And then as we become an adult, I find that, you know, gravy is the common staple with pasties. Some people smother with butter. I don't know. It's delicious. I could go into other things too. Sounds it's pretty good. Brent? Uh, well, my family is Midwestern uh, and Wisconsin. Everybody knows this. So, I mean, but I, they, don't, they don't really ever, like, make anything. Um, cheese. Lots I, of cheese. I mean, right? Uh, that's, I've got a cousin who's, like, married into a cheese family out there. Um, that's, like, the two things of Wisconsin royalty is Packers season ticket holders and cheese. Um, so, I've got cousins that have married into both. I've said this on the pod before, though, but um, my wife's family is Norwegian, and they make, well, I mean, uh, now past, but Courtney's grandpa on her dad's side made lutefisk every year. Oh. Yeah. In their house. Yeah. Yeah. That's a smell. That was the Christmas Eve dinner. It was lutefisk, uh, lefse, and... Uh, potato sausage. Potato sausage wasn't so, bad. And, and people on Twitter, feel free to engage with us on this, but yeah. I have not met many people who actually like Ludafis. Boy, uh, I, could, I could introduce you to a few. Interesting. Uh, I just, yeah. I, I find it interesting <laughs> that like there's this holiday meal that so many people's family traditions revolve around where plenty of people in that family don't like it. Don't like it. Why would you do that? The, the Lutheran Church in Shelby has a big Ludafisk like fundraiser dinner yeah. and 
it 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 just makes the entire church smell for oh, like a week afterwards. Stinky stuff. Luke, have you did you ever listen to Garrison Keeler? Yeah. Like Wobblegon, my hometown. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you start telling Shelby stories, that imagery is what pops in my head. You know, and I'm just like, yeah, you know, oh, Shelby, those, my hometown. A ton of old Lutherans up there. <laughs> like, I mean, well, he talked about that too. Yeah, Jello and, and like meatballs, and I don't know. I mean. Uh, I, I can't get behind that, but I will mess up some some lefsa. Oh yeah, Ooh. yeah. So uh, and something uh, bluticaca or something like that. It's like it's like a soda cake type thing, and then there's some other. I mean, a lot of good stuff and lutefisk. But I mean, the very first time I went there when Courtney and I were dating, I ate some of it. It was bad. I mean, I didn't like it. But it was like <laughs> the joke at the table was like it was the boyfriend trying to impress the family. Um, but it's like Courtney's. I think is it. Courtney's dad doesn't like it. Courtney's brother likes it. And her uncle and I think his kids mostly like it. So it's like this mixed thing. But <laughs> but they but it's also like they you wouldn't go to these dinners and they'd be like, you eat lunafisk or you eat nothing. So they also had like ham or turkey or something too. So it, it does <laughs> yeah. seem like a rite of cultural passage. It's almost like how people have the polar bear plunge. And you only want to do it like once a year, right? Like, <laughs> right. no one's eaten multiple lutefisk dinners a year. And yeah. there's no lutefisk food trucks. No, there's right? not. You no. would, like, that's the, like, that's the worst business idea ever. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to get a, you imagine go to your lender and you're like, what's the plan? A lutefisk food truck. And, and he's like, what is lutefisk? And then you bring him a plate. You got like a bowl of it under your coat. <laughs> yeah. like, Check it out. It's like he just spits it out. Poison. <laughs> no. Rejected. <laughs> What's the best cultural food then? The best? <sighs> I mean You know, like no one's gonna get behind the Lutefisk food truck, but like what oh, is, oh, you're talking broadly. I was trying to what think is like broadly family. the best like if you were gonna be from another culture and then like with swagger walk in and be like everyone's gonna love this, like l- the Norwegians no. don't have anything. No, I don't think they do. <laughs> is it just is it straight up Mexican food? Is that be. like the best? I mean, it might be. Like everyone has it. There's a billion copies. See, I'm not like traveled internationally. I just but like I don't know if you guys have much, but like I wonder if like American foods like. Like hamburgers and hot dogs and bullshit like that. Like you like roll into like Germany or you know some or China or somewhere Japan and it's like oh my god this is so great. I've extensively traveled southern Alberta and they put gravy on their fries. So yeah, yeah, that's exotic. <laughs> I'm is it poutine. Well, I yeah. feel like there can never be enough gravy. <laughs> this might shock you all. My parents and Uh. Did you have any? Oh, gosh. I mean, one thing I always giggle about with our family, and I'm sure it's like others, is we have all these like salads, but they contain jello. <laughs> like, and like Cool Whip. Yeah. You are checking and, like, all the like Wilbur boxes. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, here, have this pretzel salad. And it's, it's like legitimately like sugar and butter and like jello. And, and also legitimately delicious. Yeah. Like, oh, have this like 
orange mandarin salad. Yes, yes. And you're like, yeah. wait a minute. What's carrots? <laughs> carrots. No, it's shredded cool carrots. Cool whip and jello. Mini marshmallows. <laughs> Mini marshmallows. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I feel like it explains a lot of the diabetes in my family. <laughs> Just so much sugar salad. Like, I, we didn't actually have a salad. I didn't have a salad until I was like 14. They find like, what do you normally eat for dinner? Oh, we normally have a salad. Like, oh, okay. And then they like see the salad. And it's like, oh, you have a giant bowl of sugar. Okay, okay. <laughs> now that I've had my salad, what's for dessert? Uh, all right, good question. Uh, Johnny Claxton is wondering how many hairs Bobby lost yesterday between his punter and kicker. Uh, yeah, and he also came through a tailgate. I got to meet Johnny Claxton. Oh, damn. Yesterday, so. I'll meet you next oh, time, cool. Johnny. Oh, cool. He's one of our regulars. Yeah, he's a quick cruiser. Yeah. Said hi. Uh, chat for a minute. And yeah. So. Man, that, that, was a, that was a long field goal. Uh, yeah. That kid's got a big leg. And he's, he's a fresh. Freshman. And he's a freshman. Yeah, and um, I he's only going to get better. At, long term, I don't have any worries about that position. But I don't know. The, the punting, though. Was the punting like bad? I don't remember thinking. There was a couple shorter punts. But I think we're also a little spoiled when it yeah. comes to some of the punting. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> uh, David Coy has a conspiracy saying that the fake attendance numbers helps keep those in charge. Wait. Uh, fake attendance helps keep those in charge in a job. It's harder to let people go if you have attendance more than the stadium capacity every game. Uh, I would just say, David, like, they're going to know tickets sold and that's money in the bank. And on the flip side, you, the people there have eyes. And if you look out across the stadium and see it's pretty empty uh, or a whole bunch of empty seats, I, I just, I can't imagine someone's going to be like the attendance was our third highest allegedly ever. And all is well, no worries. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's tickets sold. I don't imagine there's a, like a big conspiracy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We're going to have to get Sean Spicer on this. <laughs> uh, Bridger was asking us if NAU is actually good. Uh, pointed out the competitive games around the conference from some of the lower-tier teams. Joel Chipman points that out as well, too. Um, so Joel Chipman goes on to say uh, he, he watched uh, the NAU game and really liked a lot of the offensive schemes that they hmm. had. He said, what are the odds that Aaron Flugrad... Might be a name for consideration when Montana is looking for a new head coach. I'm fine with him being a name for consideration. Would you go work for a team, go to school that probably in your that fired your dad? That's and, my only thing. I mean, Wade Phillips got fired by the Cowboys and then eventually went back as the defensive that's coordinator. Point. Yeah, that's fair. I know that that's all. That's a complicated thing, and it would all come back up. But Aaron Flugrat has never played for the University of Montana. He has never coached here. Yeah. I mean, whatever people think or don't think about Robin Flugrat and his time here and how that exit went, I don't think that you can hold that against his son for better or worse, oh, in my opinion. They will. Mike. Well, I know they will, but I'm just <laughs> saying, like, the people who there hate, isn't a rational reason to. Yeah. yeah, the people who hate the Grizz football program are not super rational. That whole history will be dredged up and used against him. For sure. 
It's a great question, Joel. Uh, but it, it, if I were on that super secret double probation committee, I would <laughs> definitely entertain him. No doubt. We I, need the best person, not like the most convenient person. And I don't know that bringing Aaron Flugrad into the mix would be more controversial than the move of bringing Bobby back. That's a good point. I, that's actually a good point. Yeah. yeah. So let's count them. Love it. All right. Uh, Austin Wardlow kind of hit us with a couple questions that we'd already kind of talked about, uh, but does ask, um, will the Grizz ever have a true fullback ever again? How many teams in college football have a true fullback? Not, not hardly any. Alabama. I mean, it, probably not. They'll have a hybrid back at best, unless we go back to an offense that really isn't what's in college football right if, now. If yeah. Lou Holtz gets the next job. <laughs> uh, Ohio State coach is going to kick Lou Holtz's ass there, right? Uh, Eric Witz is just pointing out um, why is the north end zone harder to get into than to get a, golf, a round of golf at Augusta National. Uh, we covered that. Uh, Tom Kuglin is wondering how we would rate the receiver group uh, given some of the volume Bergen and White are finally seeing. How do you open that up even more for the receivers, I'm assuming? They're one, two. I think they have different skill sets. Bergen, I believe, is more electric in open space. Um, Keelan White is a has shown himself to be a very good receiver. I, I I'm not like an offensive genius. I don't know how you would like drop. Like I don't have a couple plays I have in my back pocket right. that I'm gonna slide underneath the door that I hope they could run to open this game up. But I think play action pass yeah. would be wonderful, especially if we are trying to establish like our first foot being the run game, right? Like. Follow that up. I mean, we talked about. I mean, like Aaron Fonts. Like, I mean, they should have done this more with Malik Flowers in the previous few years. I mean, this Idaho State game, the second half, this like they found plays, maybe not always pass plays, but to like put the ball in his hands. So hopefully to see more of that. I don't mind creativity, end arounds, whatever you want to call it, jet sweeps, fly sweeps, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah go do it. I, I and we said this earlier. I do love that they found some creativity yeah. against ISU. Let's, more of the same. Oh, man. Contact lens. Uh, okay. Um, Chris Caprio was kind of uh, making observations we talked about before about does it seem like the O-line like plays harder for one QB or one style um, more than another. I think we kind of covered that. Uh, Caden Sookett was uh, saying we've probably already discussed this, but uh, how would you individually, Grizz fan pod members, manage the QB situation? And what are the three keys to a Grizz win at UC Davis? Well, I think we've said it, but I think we're all in agreement that this rotation just isn't working. McDowell showed some more. The offenses showed more with McDowell, and they need to go with him. Yeah. Um. If I was to play Vidlak, who I actually still think has the higher ceiling, I would call better plays. I mean, I hate to say it that simply, but we do not have the O-line, and he is too young for long-developing plays. Right. Short passing game, rollouts, things like that. I actually would run a very similar offense to what they're doing with McDowell. Sure. That's what I would do, but they should start McDowell. 
I really liked what you said earlier, and I hadn't thought much about it. But if we lose again, I think McDowell's got to get buried, and it's yeah. Like, I mean, you hate to say it, but it's like if we're gonna have a, a, a season where we're not a playoff, we need to evaluate the roster because yep. we have so many yeah. spots of need on the roster that we need to know what the younger guys have. Can't believe we're talking about this in October. <laughs> Uh, three keys for guys to beat Davis. I think um, this offense has to have its best output of the year. I think if uh, we get, um, let's just say, third quarter and early fourth quarter, Grizz offense, Idaho State, uh, or first or maybe part of the Butler Grizz offense, um, I really like what we could do if we get the rest of it. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough. Um, that's one, I guess, right? Yeah, look, you're like, there's one. Um, I don't know how, but I mean, you just you cannot let this running back for Davis control the game. Um, you have to force, and that's I think that largely starts on first down. You can't have second and three or four. Like you have to have second and eight, second and seven, second and ten, things like that to throw them off their rhythm of that game. Because if that running back is pulling up five, six yards of carry. And they've you've got second and shorts and third and even shorters, or you're turning it into first downs. Um, that's just trouble. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said as well too, I think Grizz need to probably be plus two in turnovers and turn those into points, not just like have a pick and then miss a field goal or go three and out and punt. But you got to like you have to probably have double digits of differential points off turnovers. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Biggest Grizz on the Prairie is wondering which opposing coach has made the best case for taking over the program uh, if it's not going to be Bobby. I don't know. Probably the fair state guy, I guess. Everybody <laughs> likes him so much. But I like Cody Hawkins' offense. I, I was going to say, like, honestly. Like me as like a 90s Grizz kid, like I love that. I, I, that was fun to watch. I think anybody who is a good coordinator in the Big Side Conference should be worth considering. Yeah. Because I feel like one th- one one takeaway I've got right now is that we don't have many people on staff that are relatable to recruits and maybe modern college football, and I worry about that. That could be a bunch of nonsense, but yeah. I worry about that. That's fair. Uh, Silvertip Nation was just talking about uh, why we keep running the same uh, inside zone play. I think like we may have talked about that kind of like dive play. Um when in this game we showed that we have a more creative playbook, why don't we get more into that? We're with you, Silvertip. Uh, Vandal Radio Ryan, Ryan Phillips, wonders how many lemons Bobby eats before a press conference. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, scurvy's real. Yeah. You gotta be careful. Eat your lemons, folks. <laughs> uh, let's see, let's see. Um... Bozeman River Guides uh, says to us, uh, looking at conference games, just pointing out that Portland State has a very effective offense. Quarterback Dante Shashere is a baller. Um, gave MSU all they could handle. I mean, Shashere played great in Missoula uh, last year and then had to leave the game for heat-related issues. And when he went out, the Grizz kind of pulled away. So I think that Portland State game is going to be tough if they are, if Portland is still at their full complement and who the hell knows where we'll be at that point. So <laughs> Truth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Drew Craig, is offensive creativity here to stay, or was it just to get the fans from off the backs of the coaches? I don't know. 
I hope so. I mean, I, I really, really, really hope the coaches don't think too much about the fans. Um, God, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, in fact, when I see him on campus, I'm like, God, I really hope you didn't listen to this. Like, I hope you don't listen to our podcast. I, I mean, I've had a few of those at Quarterback Club where we like have like maybe after a loss, and like we're like, you know, and then like roll in. Bobby gives no shits. You know, he's just like, hey, you know, no, he's up on the stage. We were just fans drinking and talking. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but on on the other hand, I do hope this is here to stay. You know, I. I Offensive creativity, find fun ways to get Berg in the ball, you know, like get our quarterbacks in great positions to succeed. The thing I wonder, because we, we've heard this, I've heard this since Bobby was first here in 2003, was that the offense could have always been more creative, but in the game time situation, he overrode too much to make it more vanilla. That's always been a talking point about him. Uh, who even, who the hell even knows if you could actually verify that, save asking one of his OCs, and both are currently still on staff, so good luck, right? Yeah. Um, but if there was maybe that recognition and this Idaho State game peeled back a little bit more to be like, let's let Pees call a little bit more of the stuff, and Bobby, let's just not go dive, 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 zone read, zone read, zone read, zone read, right? Uh, let's actually do some end around, some reverses, some other stuff. I don't know. Maybe. A little bit of self-reflection. I hope there's tabs in their playbook that are like, you know, broken down by extravagance. And it's just like the yeah. missionary tab is <laughs> is like like the thickest and most used. It's at the front, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> And Pease is like, let's pull out some deep playbook <laughs> stuff. Let's slap the ass a little bit, Bobby. Let's go. Like, <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, go Grizz or go home is just wondering about the O-line switch-ups, how we feel about it. I think you keep switching until you find something that works. Agreed. That's simple. Um, James 839-82215 is wondering why the university is reporting fake attendance records. They sold the tickets. They get the revenue off it. They can report whatever they want. Yeah, they're not going off what the scanner reads. They're just going, like, they know what the ticket sales is at the time the game starts, uh, whether the people are there or not. Um, Terrence was wondering if uh, we have any thoughts on the quality of Grizz recruits so far and how they're doing in it. I have no clue. Uh, I think we just got No, except Reynolds' kid um, committed this week, I heard. Don't quote me on that. I haven't seen that anywhere, but I was told that. Um, Sorry, who? Chase? Chase Reynolds' kid. Talon Reynolds? He has a kid? Yeah. That's already old enough to commit to the Grizz? You don't know. His, he had kids the entire time he played for the Grizz. He Maybe was I forgot father. about this. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. And by all accounts, great kid. Keep having kids, Chase. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, that could all be rumor, so don't don't yell at me if that's not true. I heard chatter on that, too. Yeah. I feel like I heard that from a journalist, so now okay. I should go check it out. That needs to be our new recruiting strategy, is just start sending our best alum, like sending their, their partners flowers for them. You know, like, <laughs> let's, let's make some more babies. From Should we be doing that with current enrollees on the team? Be like, I'm not going to say the name, but be like, hey, so-and-so, you know. 
Maybe if there's a couple little ewes around, like, you, like know. you know, 18 years like, You don't need to now. wait until you're 30 to have kids, oh. man. Everyone's doing it when they're 21 now. This is amazing. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. So, Terrence, we don't really know much. Sorry, buddy. Um, Megaphobe was just thinking the crowd energy seemed low for a record attendance. Near record attendance. You guys heard me say this before. Homecoming crowds are weird. I know. I feel like we've done this pod enough that I've heard you say it. Plenty of times. But I felt there were moments where the crowd seemed fine. It just didn't seem like two weeks Actually, ago. Actually, honestly, the crowd to me seemed like a crowd that's not sure what to make of a team that lost on the road to a team they were supposed yeah. to beat the week before. Yeah. Well, that first, that especially that second quarter. I mean, it was might, it was tense in there. It might have been like a you got to you got to earn our trust back. Yeah. Yeah. And then the 406 Vault was just uh, thinking if we've got a QB now. Um, he says he's a big Vidlac fan, but no interceptions or turnovers this game. So should the 406 Vault individually switch to being a McDowell fan? I mean, I like them both, but it seems I'm, like... I'm a fan of whoever is scoring points, and right now I think that's McDowell. So yeah, you're going to go there. It. Let's not make this more complicated than it is, right? <laughs> yep. All right, so Donovan is wondering, what is your go-to cocktail? Mine's a Manhattan. I'm, I'm a man of simple pleasures. Give me a gin and tonic. Nice. I was going to say, I mean, sometimes I like old fashions when I'm traveling for work because you sit there and sip it, and you yeah. don't have to worry about you know drinking too much with colleagues. But, um, I, you know, I do a Tito's and 7 any day or a whiskey Coke. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh man, Donovan's getting real heavy here. With uh, on a majority of third downs, we typically went to man coverage, allowing looks for the QB to get an easy slant or post. With more difficult O lines and QBs coming in, do you think the Grizz will stick with that? I think if they don't change thing, something up a little bit, they're just going to get eaten alive. Yeah, because that pass not only. Is it open a lot? But it's a lot of the QBs that even aren't great in the league can complete that pass. Right. It's not a long throw. It's not a hard throw. Yep. I mean, they better do something. Yeah. The, the, the 15 yards down the sideline is a tougher throw. It is. But the slant, like, so long as nobody jumps in front of it, like, if you can't throw that as a QB... It should be a QB. Remember, we used to have like Gubner dropping back, getting picks. Picks, yeah, yeah. three. Yeah. We need to do more, you know, Gubner dropbacks. Hey, there you go. Um, I'm switching over to Eager as cats are back. Is wondering what is the bare minimum Bobby needs to do for a contract extension? The believe asked this question again. Have, have we? I thought they. Well, they asked it last week. Why do the cats care? Because the cats care. They're they're very kind, caring people. Uh, so he does ask, they ask a, a, a hypothetical of if the Grizz lose every, th- every other game but beat the Cats, would Grizz fans be happy? No. Absolutely not. If the Grizz lose every other game but the Cats, I don't think Bobby will be here at the Cat game. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, empty Grizz rule, same thing. Are NAU and ISU better? What? Oh, sorry. I was, <laughs> I was looking down. I was reading. Hold on. Let, I want to rewind this, Mike. You think that if... Oh. We lose out. If we... But beat the Cats. Yes. If we lose to Davis and Idaho, fine. And Northern Colorado. If we come home and lose to Northern Colorado at home, then we lose to SAC, which is... I mean, no. I just... At some point, you have to kind of 
stop the bleeding in some way with your fan base. Man. Hmm. You would be five and six? We'd finish five and six with a win against the number two team in the nation. But what would you finish in conference? Three and... Two. Oh, two and six. Six. You'd be near the bottom. Two and six. That would be the worst conference record for the Grizzlies in... Since like the 70s or something. 40-plus years. Yeah, no. You'd be gone. You gotta fold it up. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) All right, but if we get... If we beat... Okay, what... What's the record? I think what I'm saying is there's a lot riding on that Northern Colorado. <laughs> you are, dude. And I was like, they they balled against Weber. They did. I know. Like, stressful. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. All right. They got a sermon at QB, right? I will oh. be happy if the Grizz cover the spread in the Brawl of the Wild. <laughs> God, that's going to be, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Empty Grizz rule, same thing. Uh, we kind of talked if NAU or ISU are maybe actually better than we thought. Um, do, do you think NAU or ISU could be competitive in the conference this season? I mean, maybe NAU. I mean, but it could be a lot of what we saw against SAC is just close games, right? Um. Harm asks if Bobby is even interested in returning as head coach. Um, well, we, we answered yeah. a lot of this last year. I am on the record as saying I find it peculiar that he did not get a contract extension in the offseason because if he had won a one, I think he would have had one. Yeah, I thought so too. So. Uh, PDX Grizzly was quite concerned about our left tackle, uh, Chris Walker, and blocking in this game, thinking it's just been difficult for especially Sam Chris Walker didn't play much in the second half is my understanding and I thought the offense looked better in the second half I don't know if the offensive line gelled more in the second half or those are related or completely coincidental but like we said earlier I'm just fine with rotating the offensive line play the guys that will do best for you he gave up a pretty miserable sack second quarter quarter. he just pushed kid right into it I I mean I would never say this to his face because he's terrifying (laughs) But he is slow as fuck. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that guy's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's an injury. Maybe it's something. Um, I hope we can figure it out because we saw a lot of progression from him last year. Right? I mean, wow. we've, we've seen better performance from him. So I hope he can get back there. Yeah, absolutely. So, Mike, uh, then the next is a guy quotes the cats are back and says, don't answer questions from cat fans. They have their own podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I just haven't read that far. I hope yet. the guy appreciates that I called it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, okay. Yeah, UT Grizz fan, just kind of talking more offense uh, concept stuff that I think we've kind of covered. Grizz fan 07, did we learn anything from this win or do we see any improvement? I think, I mean, we've kind of covered on that, right? Uh, Grizzfan07 does not think so. Uh, says execution is poor, pass defense has more holes, and a block of Swiss cheese. Um, and we had another freshman quarterback dice us up. Uh, so, um, yeah. Big Sky Law, McGinnis, we covered that. Um, another cat fan is like, why won't you answer questions from cat fans? Listen to the pod. I actually know, I actually know a handful of cat fans that listen to all our pods. We. 
answer questions for cat fans all the time. And we give the cat fans plenty of respect on this pod, more than most of our listeners would like. Yeah, there you go. We actually had a cat broad podcaster on one of our first episodes, and now we got- Brent got us in trouble with a lot of former players. <laughs> so thanks, Brent. You're welcome. <laughs> But I will say, yeah. you know, that those cat fans like that that one there are just whiners. Oh. Like, what what on earth does he want from the Grizz fan pod? I don't even know. I don't know. Why don't you know, Brent? <laughs> Answers. What's your plan? I don't, I what don't, is I, your plan? Oh, should sorry. we get a cat fan back on here? <laughs> <laughs> we filled our cat quota. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Egris is definitely on the Egris track because more questions on the ineptitude of the Grizz offense. Where, this is the question. Where does the ineptitude of this Grizz offense rank in foot, in Grizzly football history? <laughs> I mean, so, it's going a ways back in my mind. I mean, I was saying this at the tailgate. I mean, and, and granted, they turned it around in the second half with a lot better uh, outputs. But at, at the halftime, I was like, I was legitimately thinking this is, we could be on track for one of the worst offenses we've had since before we hired Don Reed. What about... What about the like when Mick Delaney had to take over? He filled some gaps. I thought the offense was pretty uninspiring in that the year era. Went on, it kind of was, but yeah, that was twenty twelve. Yeah, that's the most recent. Yeah, that because we had uh, we had a, like a running QB. I can't think of his name. And then he got hurt, and then Shea Smith McCon kind of finished the rest of the season out. We had we ran the ball okay at that point because Jordan Canada was there, but yeah, it was that, those were that was a tougher season too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, Putter says if candidate Mike was putting together a platform to win the head coaching job, what would his platform be to convince Grizz Nation <laughs> to vote for him? <laughs> I, to be the head coach of the Grizzlies? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, don't vote for me to be the head coach. Uh, of the Grizzlies. Wait, don't, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> his his son would be his analytics guy, and I actually really like that. That actually might be plus. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I I just think that you need a coach that um, can generate some excitement. I would like to see on the younger side, and I think you need a staff that has at least some guys that can go relate to high school seniors and i don't think that necessarily means young i don't think that necessarily is any other you know criteria except that i think we need to embrace modern college football and you know if a kid shows up to a recruiting visit and he's wearing his hat backwards it's not the end of the world nice um yeah, uh, post here just thinking, are Grizz fans being unreasonable about the state of the program and our expectations? And then goes on to point out that Nebraska shipped Bo Pelini out when he was winning seven or eight games a year. I'm kind of paraphrasing a longer post here um, because he couldn't get back to that next level. Uh, so is is some of the talk from Grizz Nation about um, needing to do better, maybe opening up. I don't know. Well, I think if we start negotiating on our standards, like that is the sure, surely the first sign of demise. Like, I don't think it's unreasonable to expect this team makes the, like our teams make the playoffs. Uh, Our teams are competitive. They can finish in the top part of this league. (sighs) So that part 
is not unreasonable, but I do think Grizz fans are a little unreasonable by nature. No shit. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I don't know what makes like, you think that. Literally. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Like, we're a little unreasonable, but you have to splice it a little further. Like, we, sh- with the advantages we have in this conference, right? we should be much, much better, and we should be a playoff team. Absolutely. Uh, BG Big Dog is saying, um, are you guys waiting for an upcoming fall Saturday to visit the new art museum on campus? Um, it says it'd be a great opportunity to get a little tuned up at a tailgate and then cruise through the museum instead of going to watch Grizzly football. I, I believe a little tongue-in-cheek in the I, past. I will just say that my parents were at the grand opening the day it opened, yeah, and are thrilled with it. So just keep in mind, not everybody's that the a football. University of Montana is about a lot more than just football. Yeah. Listen, I plan on pooping in that thing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> there are nice bathrooms in there. Is what you're saying? <laughs> oh, there better be. But you know, whenever I gotta, you know, go- <laughs> get no, away. I'm actually excited. I, I mean, we're in liberal arts school we celebrate the arts and the sciences and uh i think a college a university like ours needs a museum i i agree i don't disagree with that and i will tell you when they first announced where they're going to put it and then during construction i've been thinking like they're they're kind of ruining this edge of campus no i i actually think that what they've done makes that whole area look nicer it doesn't it doesn't feel like the um Adam Center and the Rec Center are sitting out there in the middle of nowhere. They've got that nice promenade now going up, you know, connecting into the Oval. I mean, I actually think that it looks good. Yeah. In truth, Grizz football fans, the thing that's going to fuck up that part of campus is the bubble. Like, yeah, I think it's going to be ugly. Yeah. I mean, the it's going to be, be hideous. If you're just, I mean, we we also, guess what? We also need an indoor practice facility, yeah. too. Like, I'm not saying we didn't need one, but when it came to the location of the museum versus the location of the bubble, the bubble is going to be like the wart on the ball sack down there. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to look so bad, and we do need it. But maybe, I, I don't know. I, I'm not on the space committee. I don't get to say where we build things or not. I'm not sure what the options could have been, but that's going to be an ugly ass facility. Um, I I thought I'd heard at some point like all the the storage stuff on the other side of the stadium along the river there. Oh that yeah, that was yeah. like a proposed, facilities. That was like a proposed spot to put it there and then kind of revamp and maybe move around facilities a bit. But they would need somewhere for facilities to go, and they that made it a much more expensive project. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the I bet long term. I mean, and we're talking about decades or something, but right, like right. facilities probably should move. It's such a beautiful piece of real estate right where it sits. That you want to put a big old bubble there? No, they <laughs> no. could put housing I was there. Say a yeah. whole yeah. lot of housing. Yeah, for like sure. you know, and like they could make that whole like they could go east a little further and stuff, and make that part of campus. There's. Right been talk about like uh, another bridge that connects the missoula college and then you pave and light it um you know for safety and stuff like you could extend tailgating down there um 
I think, I mean, South Campus, or, you know, the, the grounds around the golf course and stuff might be your best spot for a bubble. It seems a little weird to have a practice facility that you would have to bus to. Bus to. That, yeah. That stink. I don't know how you'd handle that. Yeah, it's it's super complicated. It's space, like, it's tough. Yeah, is the point. Uh, okay. Uh, and then in the Egros thing, then uh, Cat fans start fighting with Grizz fans. So you know, <laughs> all is well. Um, Missoula two twenty three is wondering about our thoughts that I didn't realize this in both our conference games. We have no quarterback sacks. I knew we didn't in this one. I didn't realize we didn't against any because the book is written against us. Yeah. CDA Grizz is wondering if any of us would eat 50 hard-boiled eggs in an hour if it guaranteed the Grizz a spot in the national title game. No one can eat 50 eggs. <laughs> it's from the movie Cool Hand Luke. Okay. Uh, Paul Newman has to eat 50 eggs. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he goes, no one can eat 50 no. eggs. <laughs> um, I'll do it. You'll do it? I'll do it. <laughs> Mike, would you do it? Or is Luke, like, we just got Luke one, took care one's in. Luke took care of it. I'm All not right. eating 50 eggs. <laughs> Unless there's gravy. Deviled gravy. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Brewski's kind of pointed out some stuff we were talking about on the fan experience where he's talking about um, disappointing that the team relies on crowd noise to cause penalties that win us games. In turn, it allows the fiasco at stadium entry points all asking $500 for a ticket to our rivalry game in November. Hopefully the administration hmm. acknowledges that the, it's the fans that make our football game special, not the other way around. And I think that my hope is they do. I mean, on a Sunday afternoon to hear from athletic director associate and two associate athletic directors kind of suggest that they're paying attention. Um, someone, a brand new poster says on gogres.com it says McDowell has two years of eligibility left. Hmm. Let me check that out while we move forward. Interesting. I thought it was a senior, but I thought it was too. But is it one of those he can he petition to play year? another? Because I thought we had another guy that was like that too. Well, Walker got that petition through. Yeah, for he this did. year. And so did uh, the kicker that we're not using this year, Nico. Uh, yeah, that is the questions. Hmm. Unless should I find some from some more cat fans? No, no, we're good. <laughs> we're good. So uh, that's uh, that's what we got. What are we at right now? We're at two hours and almost fifteen minutes. Okay, that's a good enough pod. It's a great pod. We don't need to talk about anything else. I think this is our ninety seventh episode. Oh, no, we're getting close to one hundred. We're getting close. It's unfortunate that 100 is coming at such a such a you know controversial time in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that last question uh, is correct. That last observation. Oh really? He's got another year. 2019 was a freshman at Louisiana. 2020 redshirt freshman Louisiana. And it didn't count. Didn't count. So then 2021 it says sophomore. Should say right. redshirt sophomore. And junior. So he would have another year. Yeah. Huh. A grad transfer, he holds two years of eligibility. Interesting. That's wild. Good to know. And thank you, Mr. McDowell, for creating an account to let us know. <laughs> Heck yeah. 
Does that change your thought on what to do with quarterbacks? If he's playing well, you keep playing him. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 All right. Okay. Well, neither of you are going to the game, right? Davis? And no. Davis. <laughs> no. no, I'm going to make some some salad. <laughs> salad. How do you... Yeah. Does your mom share the pasty recipe, or is this oh, like... Oh, she'd share it with you. Kept yeah. in some Irish Catholic... Oh, no, she'd share it with you. <laughs> like with this, you. With me. I mean, okay. She would share it with the world. Hidden in the family I would, Bible. Yeah, I mean, I'll... You were in my wedding. I'll swear the blood oath yeah. that Janice needs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll make a pasty. Work that out. All right, well, uh, maybe we'll talk to you all during the week. I don't know. You've been very active on Twitter lately, so... Indeed. You know, keep doing what you're doing. Speaking about, before we sign off, uh, we did meet the Jungle of ISU guys. I don't think we've Those talked this great. on the pod. Yeah. Um, they came through my tailgate. Mike was there at the time. So we met two of them. I don't know how many actually run the account, but we met two of the guys. Super good guys. They're hilarious. Um, if you don't follow them, I'm pretty sure most everybody does by now. But uh, probably the most entertaining fan, well, just conference-related account for uh, Big Sky sports hilarity great guys it's cool to meet them so that's what i got all right that's all i got luke's good too go grizz